Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast in, in this, this reality. reality. The show designed to challenge everything we've been taught. If you've ever felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Time to open your mind. And dive in. This is the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. I think it's funny because there are a few times that I, you know, do a strong, you know, lengthy intro as to who we're bringing on to the show today. But it's dumb to do that. Just because in the actual title of the show, the guest's name appears, so you already know who I'm going to introduce. Uh, and you may not know who she is on this show. We did do a swap cast uh, before, but that was me guesting on her show. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and we've been trying to do this, I think, actively now for three weeks. But one of those weeks, I was pretty much dead. <laughs> The following week, I was still really under the weather, and it uh, it really kicked my ass, whatever the hell it was. Now, I know you're going to say, he had the COVID. Well, I didn't have the COVID, because COVID's not real. COVID is a mass diversion to get you worrying about some other bullshit, and I will not give any of this crap any power by saying I had the COVID. Also, if you don't take a test, you don't have COVID. It's that simple. And people can get mad at me all they want when I say these things, but honestly... Never in my life did I ever take a common cold test or a flu test or any dumb shit. You know what I did? I took Robitussin. I took NyQuil. I drank some shit, went to bed, woke up in the morning, and I went to work. I didn't take something and shove it up my nose and pee on a stick to find out. I saw this COVID test as well. I'm sorry. I'm on a tangent right now, but I saw this COVID test, and it's like there's like a C to T on this thing. I guess you pee on the stick. I don't know how it works. And then like if the C comes up, it says you don't have COVID. I'm like, what fucking C mean that you have COVID? Who put this test together? And why does it look like a pregnancy kid? Anyway, I digress. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Alicia Curry Lowitz, welcome to the show. That is one kind of intro. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it was kind of like more of a venting than anything else. But I, I mean, I had to get this stuff off my chest. And also, I haven't recorded. I haven't recorded in a while because. I mean, I set myself up for when I went away on vacation. I set myself up. I had some pre-recorded yeah. stuff that went live while I was gone. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm going to come back. I'm going to roll right into it. I landed um, on Friday. I think I landed back on Friday. On Saturday, I had some stuff I had to take care of. So I was kind of busy on Saturday. And then Sunday rolled around. I'm like, you know what? I'm really tired today. Maybe this is like exhaustion from the trip. I don't know. Yeah. And then... By the end of Sunday, I was like, I, I was dead. And then Monday I slept all day. It was the craziest thing in the world. People were like, oh, you know, what's wrong? You know, what's, what's wrong with you? Again, you know, back to the COVID thing. I'm like, well, I peed on some sticks. I don't know if I, if that, how, I don't know if that's how it goes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, so, so whatever it was, whatever, it just got under my skin and it took me out for easily 10 days. And then there were some residuals. So, I mean, the, the last Tuesday we tried this last week on Tuesday. Um, yeah. You had to bump back and, uh, and I had to, uh, as well. It just wasn't, I just didn't have the energy to put into this. I, I would have hated to have been. You also humdrum. sounded, you sound, you sounded like you were like this raspy, like oh, even yeah. raspier yeah. and deeper, like, 
I think I sent you a voice clip. I remember saying like, it's a shame that I yeah. have to waste this ultra deep voice. <laughs> But yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. Okay. Well, I just want to comment on one thing you said. Obviously, it sucks when you get sick. I'm sorry that that, that happened because, you know, who likes feeling shitty for 10 days? Yeah. But what you said that when you pre pandemic, if you had the flu, mm -hmm. if you had a cold, you wouldn't test. You just knew. Yeah. Okay. And it's so interesting how the propaganda. The, the repetitive narrative over and over and over and over and over about COVID, whether you believe it's real or not, that you must test and then isolate and do this bullshit shit. It's, it's so, it's fascinating how that, that is a mind virus. Oh, That's what I like to call the mind virus is that you have now, it's been impregnated deep into your psyche that now you need to follow these steps in order to be a good girl or a good boy and taking the test whoa, whoa, is whoa. your due diligence. Yes. You didn't include all the other genders in 2023. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't the oh, B in okay. LGBTQ plus 10 mean that there's two sexes? I mean, come on now. You guys are cannibalizing yourselves in your own little narrative there. Oh my God. Was it you that sent me the meme that was like, um, um, non-binary when stating that you're non-binary is actually means that there is a binary, binary. groups other people in a binary. <laughs> now you're back in the binary. <laughs> now you're back in the binary system. Yeah. Now you're either on or off. Yeah. hundred percent. If you're non-binary, then some people are binary, which is now a binary system. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, not to talk about COVID right off the fucking bat here, but let's oh, fucking okay. go just because it's such a mind virus. Like yeah. the, the shit that people think now about getting sick that the guilt, the shame that they hold when they get the flu or a cold and then their kid gets it or their neighbor gets it. And like, we like, what is that? Like, how on earth have we become so programmed so quickly? Well, my theory is, and I will stick to this till the day I die, is repetition. The, there's three ways that you your beliefs are in your reality is formed. And one of the most effective ways is repetition. And it's also like fear. Like the fear, um, fear domesticates us very quickly. But when you repeat it over and over and over, all of a sudden, the the voices on the media, the voices that you hear on everywhere, like saying these things, you will be you will start to parrot them. You will become the parrot. You will, and then that voice will become yours, and the blinds blur, and you think it's your idea, but it's really not. It's theirs. So theoretically, you're helping them create reality. So theoretically, a belief is formed from like one of the ways it's it's formed. It's not theory. It's not theory. It's actual fact is that if you hear something over and over and over again, you will create an attachment to it. You will start to believe it, whether it is real or not, because through repetition, uh, that through hearing it enough times, you will start to think in those words and start to use those words. That's how we learn. That's how you learn how to speak English. Your parents repeated words over and over until you started to say them and you were congratulated for saying them, which is the domestication. So that's like a reward punishment system. Say it like this, do it like this or else. And then you, um, you start to say it. And then later on in life, you think that that voice is yours, that the words you have learned are yours, but they're not. They have been taught to you and through repetition. Does that... Is that clear? Is that well? You touched on a lot of subjects there. Um, yeah, and, I know. <laughs> and, 
the the voice inside your head, the one that's telling you you're not good enough, is often your parents' voice, and you don't you don't even it, realize. Uh, oh it. yeah, because that's what I mean. So so child, that's exactly what I mean. You're taught to sit down. You're taught to shut up. You're taught to not touch that. You're taught to not do this, not do that, not do yeah. that. And it's you know it, it, these are the first things you hear when you're like two, three, four years old because it's true. Like don't fucking burn yourself. Don't do that. Don't sit on that. Don't take the bird's head out of your mouth. Like all that sort of stuff. Like all this negative stuff. Because that's like you're literally raised in negativity because they're like, don't do any of this. And they beat the fucking creativity out of you. Not because mm. they intend to, but that's just because that's how it is. They want this. They want you to calm down. Then they right. chemically castrate you and they put you on Ritalin and they do all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, um, back to um, manifest cre creation and manifest reality. Your reality is uniquely yours. So this in my opinion, this this giant um, realm that we're in, uh, a shared creation. If somebody puts something out there and you believe it and I believe it and Steve believes it and our neighbors believe it, then it has a life of its own. It then becomes the thing, yes. which then becomes yes. the reality. So somebody just implants this thing and there are six people who run the television and those six people tell us what to think. Yes. And that's what's fascinating. Right. Yes. We watched this shit go ham on uh, on the COVID. We watched them go nuts with COVID. Oh, we it went. Them, we, it blew into the fucking like into orbit. So for anyone that didn't want to see what it was, for anyone that didn't want to see it, they didn't want to see it for what it was. They still don't want to see it. I still have people that are like, I work for the hospital. Uh, COVID, COVID's real. Wow. I don't know why I went into like a Rain Man voice there, but I just felt it's like, it's yeah, like I like retarded, it. But they can think like about this. it. Exactly. <laughs> like Rain Man was like, you know, you know, you can't even say retarded anymore. I was watching this movie from, from 2025 or 2005. And the guy's like, what are you fucking retarded? And when, as soon as he said it, I burst out laughing. I'm like, I haven't heard that word in forever. It's fantastic. I know. And the funny, I thing, know. Is, the funny thing is you never walk up to a, like a, to a disabled person and be like, you fucking retard. You don't do that. Like it's the same with gay. It's not like, it's not like, you know, that's gay. This is gay. Like some shit that sucks was gay. And everyone's like, you can't say that because the gay people get upset. I'm like, the gay people took gay from the happy people. So who's really upset <laughs> about who now? Right. <laughs> anyway, like all this shit that we can and can't say all this shit that at the beginning of my podcast, like back on episode three, four, five, six, one through a hundred, um, I was afraid of getting canceled. And then, you know, you can't say this stuff really? and, and you create these things. And it wasn't so much that I was afraid of getting canceled. It was more like I wasn't really able to share my true opinion for fear, ah, yes. for fear that I wouldn't get picked up. I wouldn't get syndicated. I wouldn't become huge in Norway. Um, all these fun. You saw that. Congratulations yeah, for kind of getting fun, huge right? in Norway. Uh, also, really to, to everyone listening to us in Norway, uh, thank you very much. Because uh, for something, I don't know what happened, but I'm looking at going over the stats and we blew up in Norway. So to everyone Amazing. listening in Norway, uh, we're happy to have you with us. I love Norway. I've been to Oslo. I've skied many, uh, many different uh, places there. I've eaten the sheep's head um, and which is a delicacy. It's a uh, smoked sheep's head eyeball and all. It was very great. It's good that you explain so that because you know, North Americans would be like, why were you eating? Like, did you leave the sheep? Like, did you just grab it out of a field and bite its head off? Or like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah. That thing? No, they smoke it and they do this big tradition. I did it. I'm actually everyone in Norway and skiing Kari Kari uh, Tra, um, and I competed together. Love her. Hey, Kari, if you're listening. 
Please do be listening. Back to regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Um, I've even forgotten what there's no regularly scheduled program. This, 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 this episode, this whole episode is going to bounce from everything to everything yeah. else. Uh, but well, that's I really like what you were saying. I like what you were saying though, because it is so interesting how we grow up and we hear our parents' voice and they're, I, I call it domestication and people get really upset by that because they, don't, they feel as though that makes us an animal because they associate domestication with with like a dog or a cat or whatever to be a domesticated animal. But in, in sense we are because domestication is when you learn things through the reward punishment system. There's so no you're a good girl if you do it this pets. way. There's, there really isn't. We oh. are trained in the same way. It's just a more complex version. And there's more like we become way more sophisticated than, than, than we, our brains are bigger and smarter. So, and we oh, also whoa, have whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Why do you <laughs> think that our brains animals. are bigger and smarter? Now think about this. I'm just, there's no difference. I'm referring to like dogs and cats though. And like hamsters, like no. I'm referring to that. I don't think we're smarter than them. Right. Because dogs and cats don't have but, to pay taxes and they get fed for free. Right. We, <laughs> we are no different than, than an ant farm on the, on the grand stage of things. Right. We're no different. I guess so. But we also have hands and we have thumbs and we can build things. And, uh, you know, I think well, that. What are you building? Okay. So here's the difference. Here's the so thing too. A crow. A crow is like my spirit animal, which okay. I know I'm not allowed to say, but like Why? when I see a crow, I, see, I don't know, because apparently it's cultural appropriation. And when I see a crow, it is my symbol that like my spirit guides are around. Like that's sort of one of the spiritual symbols of my life is a crow. A crow is extremely, extremely, extremely smart. Birds are incredibly smart. A crow will, will, like there's a video that went viral of um like a like sort of like a tall water bottle and the crow was trying to drink the water and it couldn't reach the water so it took rocks and filled up this little like bottle tube thing that had water in it so that the water level would rise and it could drink it uses tools it uses tools like animals are so resourceful they're fucking resilient they live in survival mode they have killer instincts they they are genius. They're brilliant. Okay. So yes, in some sense, like domesticating an animal, um, some are, some are incapable of being domesticated. But anyways, my point is this is like humans, we have the capability to build fucking pyramids. Okay. To build skyscrapers, to build rocket ships and go out into <laughs> outer space. So yes, a, 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 a a bird is extremely intelligent and the capabilities of a human are beyond like you, one might suggest that our innovations are ruining planet earth, which I'm not going to argue because sure you're not wrong there, but our ability to create and build and innovate for our survival or for control or whatever the underlying psychological fucking tactic is great. But we are we are the only species that can actually do that. Here's where I would disagree with on all Earth. That. Maybe uh, mu maybe mushrooms. Allow maybe me to disagree fungus. with. Oh, we want it. We want. I want to talk about that. But okay. Allow, cool. allow me to. Yeah. Disagree okay. With, great. With everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> allow myself to. Let's interject. go. <laughs> great. So first of all, you said we built the pyramids and we went to outer space. 
Now. Okay. Well, maybe aliens built the pyramids. I don't know. So I don't. I didn't say we went out to outer space, but we have put like rockets. We have like telescopes like floating around up there. You know, that is way more. My my point is that it's way more sophisticated than putting Mm -hmm. rocks into water. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it is. Okay. So again, I'm not, I sound funny. Like, why am I disagreeing here all the time? No, I love, I love what you're saying. Right. Uh, But there's no difference in going, quote unquote, going to outer space, which we didn't do uh, and filling a jug full (laughs) of water because the crow doesn't need to go to outer space, which we didn't do. Um, But it does need the water. So the crow is resilient enough to get exactly what it needs. Right. Humanity is too stupid to get exactly what it needs. And this isn't a knock to all of the people listening to the show. Every last one of you is hyper intelligent. It's everybody else that's dumb. Um, this is that was also me being facetious. I feel like I have to state this. You know, as a matter of no, fact, no, that's fine. I'm yeah, just yeah. going to get this out of the way for anyone that wants to hate on this show. Let's see if I got the right one. Disclaimer: <laughs> If you're going to soundbite any of this podcast, you must soundbite it in its entirety for consistency and context. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I don't think that we went to outer space. Uh, I think okay. that the whole thing's an illusion. I don't think that we live on a spinning space rock uh, floating through infinite fucking nothingness that's expanding into even greater infinite nothingness. I don't believe that. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Okay. There, there are no pictures of the Earth in as a whole. Uh, every picture that ever showed anything of the moon lander was a joke because the moon is always facing... The sun, or sorry, always facing the earth, quote unquote, always. Whatever they would have landed on it, whatever pictures they've got of the horizon and of the moon, it would have been, the moon, the earth would have been directly above it. Directly above mm-hmm. it, not, not earth rising over the fucking moon. I can go into detail about that. Now, what's the purpose of lying about space? To let you know that there's nothing other than what they've told you there is. The idea that we have the ability to think for ourselves is also a farce because you and I only have the ability to think based in and within the parameters that we've been given. So in other words, if you believe you can do something, then that's it. But none of us are around flying. There's a reason that we aren't. We should be able to fly. We should be able to travel fast, teleport, something like that. There should be something that we can do in that vein. Um, A lot of people want to want to fight and they want to hold on to this narrative. So you'll see in the, like a lot of people will argue a lot of people will argue this, um, the COVID thing, how I opened this episode, none of my listeners, but a lot of people would be like, what the, of course COVID's real. I I, I know it yeah. is. I, I've, you know, I've yeah. had 12 uncles that died from COVID and I don't want to discredit you. I don't want to say that you're lying. I don't want to say that that's a thing. I know a lot of people that died from the flu. I know a lot of people that died from pneumonia. Uh, not a lot, but I know people that have. Yeah. I know people, I know more people, sadly, that died from uh, hysteria. In other words, they shut down the hospitals in the, in the height of it and people weren't getting operations. I know people that died because yeah. their operations were put back more than quote unquote died of COVID. Uh, the COVID scam was huge. The, the scam demic. We exactly. Yeah. But we were, we were, we were forced into it. Um, you and I didn't have the luxury of believing blindly and we lost friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was air quotes I was doing with my fingers, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, We didn't lose friends. It sucked at first. 
but we were we were pointed in a path. We were pointed in a direction to be like, look, this is what it is. Look, look further. And again, I talk about even even the the truckers in Canada when they when they took over the capital. The people who literally yeah. watched the news were like, those truckers are ruining businesses for people down there. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Trudeau has been has killed the middle class. He stepped on them, completely yeah. stepped on them. And yeah. you're more worried about the horns honking. And I think to myself, <clears throat> the friends that I lost over the trucker thing was was hilarious. Like my, my best friend ever, you know, growing up. And then you realize that why am I putting these labels on things? Why am I putting the why why was he my best friend? Because we were chill at like 14, 15, 16. I'm 43 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm 43 in case you didn't know. Uh, and single, which we're going to talk about too in a little bit with regards to Lisa and her new programs. <laughs> uh, and her dating life too. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that she oh, was yeah. dating a twin brother and then she broke up with him for his brother? <laughs> Holy shit. We're going to get into that too. Um, <laughs> this... <laughs> I think that's fascinating. And to the first twin... How do you feel about that? You know, like, okay, we're going to get there, but I, I really like where you're going with this because it's true that, okay. So in the COVID playbook, if you want to call it that it is there, we had signs. I had not seen it before COVID. I understand. And I had not seen the playbook play out because I was just in it. I was, I, I bought in, I believed that the media had my best interest at heart. I believed that the government had my best interest at heart until, until COVID. Really? Until COVID. Yeah. Like there were some signs where I'd be like, eh, I disagree with that. Like it depends on, on what political party or person growing up, like over the decades, I've agreed with political point of views and I've disagreed. And I've kind of really positioned myself, quite honestly, as somewhat of a centrist in the sense, like I always had the ability to sort of like ask questions. Okay. But I didn't under, I didn't realize the mass psychosis. I didn't realize the group think I didn't realize the echo chambers. I didn't see the playbooks. I didn't understand at depth, the depth of which I do now on how your beliefs are formed and how we create our thoughts and how we create our reality as you pertain to earlier. I didn't understand that. I didn't have the capacity to understand. I was dealing with my own shit. I was getting, you know, divorced. I was trying to lose weight. I was super unhappy in my life and it was too You've much for me to just. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Oh all, yeah. Buddy. All learning about Elisa. Here we go. <laughs> Excellent. So I nice was married. I married. Yeah, we can talk about that too. Wait, were you married to the twin? Um, th this was no, 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 <laughs> no, ah, no, no, no. Because that no. is some serious no. mental shit. You're like, I fucking broke oh up. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Blah blah blah. He was the worst thing in the world. Who are you dating now? His twin brother. <laughs> that would have been funny as fuck. Okay. I would have been like, I'm like, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, we're going to end the interview right now. Uh, clearly, our guest has lost her goddamn mind. Uh, we're out of here. No, I did not. I was not married to the the twin, but we can talk about that very very soon because it is it is. And if, juicy. if your fiance slash husband slash new uh, boyfriend uh, is listening to this episode, you're going to learn some stuff today. But I'll tell you what. No, actually, Michael, who's my partner now, he um he listened to our last episode, like the one on my show, and he fucking loved it. He was like this. He's like Adam fucking Walton. Yeah. What a guy. There we go. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Now you and <laughs> like I have you said, need to get on his You and I have said sort Sorry. of off camera that that uh there's gotta be something here. Um, you and me doing a separate show. And I know, I know, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this episode right now and you want to hear an entirely separate show, a total spin-off, <laughs> me and Elisa just shooting the shit, occasional guests, just send us, send us, I don't want to say send us an email, just 
send us an Instagram DM or send us an email info at the Mental Mastery Alliance. Yeah. Let's get a poll going here of, of who wants yeah. to see this, more of this. And I think we can do it. I think I think we want to include the I think audience. we can too. Exactly. Figure out how to do call-in stuff, you know, do it right. Okay. So the first thing that I sort of broke out of the, I, like I, I sort of like broke out of the bubble was in COVID because I was trying, I'm trying to get pregnant. And yeah. I read in a New York times article that there was, it was literally posted in a left wing m- news media. Um, and I, it said it questioned some of the ingredients, it questioned a protein or something in the vaccine saying this has led to infertility in rats or frogs or something. And they were questioning, why would they put that in the vaccine? I read it, I bookmarked it. And when I went to show Michael, it was gone. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I felt like a crazy person. I was like, what the fuck? I read it. I stood there. I read the words four or five times. I was like trying to understand what the article really was. And I was like, wow, this is really fucking interesting. At the time as well, I had already had COVID confirmed. I did antibodies test to confirm it. This was before we were like testing and going crazy. And you weren't even allowed at the hospital. Remember you had to like in the hospital at home. I went in for my my gallbladder exploded. At the beginning of COVID. Oh, fuck. Right. So I'm in the hospital. I'm like, I was the hospital empty. Yeah. Was the hospital empty? Because side note, I have tons of nurse friends who got fired for not getting the vaccine. And they said the entire time they were like praised as heroes. This is Ontario, Canada nurses in Ontario. They were praised. And you know how we had that like four o'clock go bang your pots and pans outside for the nurses. And they were like, they were like, we're doing fucking nothing. Normally it's like six to eight patients per nurse. There was like two patients per nurse because there was no one in the fucking hospitals. And they were kind of, a lot of the nurses were waking up saying like, the news is lying. Oh, but they they got canned. They got canned. The nurse, yeah, those nurses got canned. And then the other nurses had to take up that load. So they- had to, and you know, I asked some of my nurse friends. So like, what did they do? do they think- created an overwhelmed hospital because they fired the nurses. They created an overwhelmed, yeah, exactly. Which was the narrative they were pushing. That exactly, and so the nurses that bought in and were afraid and bought into what I call the propaganda, the the playbook, the propaganda playbook. They were all like, I asked my one of my nurse friends. Her name's Corey. She's amazing. She's like, um, she got fired for not getting the job. She was an exceptional nurse. She worked for 27 years in hospital or 23 years rather in Toronto and got fired. And I said, well, why do what's the difference between you who are observing these things and watching the world praise you for like sitting on your ass all day and and knowing that the media is lying, what's the difference between you and everyone else? Like the other nurses who are like literally the first one at the, like the first one to like say thank you and, and like reaffirm that they have been working, that they're the heroes. Okay. Hmm. And she said, it's mostly really unhealthy nurses who are very insecure and this is, they're finally being recognized for their work. They feel as though that they are validated for the first time in their life. And so they rolled with it super hard and it gave them, yeah, a, a sense of power. 
but their actual hospitals were empty. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like who's, who's giving you the hardest time right now uh, with regards to whatever it was, especially when masks were a thing. It was the overweight people riding around in rascals that were judging you the most for not wearing a mask. Right? Totally. And all the people that totally. were like, I don't want to lose my $13 an hour job by having you walk around my store without a mask on. And these are the things. Well, here's that the I- thing. If I was, if I was an overweight person, like honestly, right at the beginning, we knew they, they were saying this quite a bit. If you're old, you know, 80 plus 75 plus, if you're overweight and old, like those were the two biggest comorbidities. There was also less pigmentation in your skin. So if you were brown or black, you had a higher, you, that was like, um, those were the comorbidities and what all, a lot of that really now that we look at the science and we zoom out a little bit, cause it's easy to like zoom in and hold this shit super close because you're afraid. But when you zoom out and you start to look at what the natural paths and the, and the actual doctors looking at the actual science, we're saying vitamin D is a huge helper here. You look at white people, white people absorb vitamin D. How dare D you say white ways. people on my show? I know. <laughs> so Crazy. yeah, I know. I, I'm going to be canceled. I was talking to Zuby. I had Zuby. I had Zuby on the podcast on my podcast, and he was like, "He's just because he's black, and he's like, it is crazy. He's being called a white supremacist, and he's black. Like, it, yeah. you just can't white say fucking anything, Tom, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the world, yeah, the world. it's so crazy. That's why I mock. That's yes, why I mock and, everything. That's why I mock literally and, everything. Because if you take nothing seriously, right? My, meanwhile, taking everything seriously, you know, anyone that wants to come at you for anything, you realize that it's that person's perspective. Like, yo. You can only be canceled yeah. once. So hit me with everything you've got. The more you try to cancel me, the more you're going to draw attention to the people that need to know who I am. Oh, this guy's getting canceled for this. I want to know what he's got to say. So make the jokes, have a laugh, because we're also living in a time where all the pink haireds are losing ground. All the people that decided that they were going to get offended by absolutely everything, they're losing ground. They're making themselves seem absurd, Right. And you know, the funny thing too, is it is absurd. They yeah. are absurd. The reality is, is that those people are struggling mentally. They're struggling yes. mentally. They have mental illness. They are sucked into the victim mentality. They believe that. The, and the reason that and they lack the out is for, for raising that awareness. How dare you say yes. I'm retarded? Oh, oh, we can't say retarded. <laughs> what was that? Jim Jeffries joke. Uh, oh, so I'm not retarded anymore. Oh no, you're still retarded. We just can't call you retarded anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And okay. We're, we're laughing at this, but like some people really do have, um, mental retardation. They really do have, def- um, and those are the happiest people in the world because they don't know to worry. Everything is a great, if you've ever met somebody with down syndrome, that's like stressed about paying taxes. Never. Right. <laughs> never. Uh, well, it depends. I, I, my mom works. They may have at, to pay taxes, um, but they're not stressed about it. <laughs> they're like, well, this is the way, this is the way it is. This is what we're doing. That's true. That's true. My mom works at a, a home for people with cerebral palsy and their brains are totally perfect. It's their body. That's their prison. Mm-hmm. And people think that they're retarded because they look and sound and act because they have cerebral palsy, like they're retarded or that they're disabled, which they are. And their minds are crystal clear. So imagine living in a body like that with your mind so and, me, and not being note. able to communicate like everyone else. Let me go. Let yeah. me go esoteric on this. You're currently okay. living that. You're currently living that reality. You're yes. a prisoner. You're a prisoner yes. of your okay. own body right now. 
So everything that you could ever want to do, you can do. But because of yes. your meat suit and because of the, the the beliefs that you created around your meat suit, you're a prisoner of your own body. So where, <clears throat> sorry, as we sit here saying that, you know, they're of clear mind, but their body is, is, is incapacitated based on our level of comprehension. That's terrible, right? Yes. But, but based on a, a fifth dimensional, sixth dimensional, seventh dimensional entity, looking back at us, they'd be pitying us. They'd be like, look at how, look at how shame, shameful this is. That those right. fully capable human beings are just sitting around doing nothing. And this is all part of the plan too, because remember, if you're focused on on earning all this money and paying all these taxes and doing all this stuff, essentially being a slave, you're not focusing on who you are and what you can accomplish. You're not you're not focusing on 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 really who and what you are, which is the whole purpose of humanity. It's not like we incarnated here to pay taxes. Right. That's it's a prison system. It's an invisible chain prison system. And 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 this is something that that we're free range prisoners. And if you think you're not a free range prisoner, try not paying property tax. If you think you're not a free range prisoner, try walking across any country's border. Just walk across. Right. You're bagged yeah. and tagged. You've got your SIN number. You've got your passport number. You are at bottom line. We all are. So it's well, one about- could also one could also argue that if you are a person who is in complete denial with absolute ignorance on everything that's happening in the world, you would be happier. A hundred percent. You would a hundred percent. You would. Yes. The happiest people I know don't think about this shit. Really? Like they, they, they go and do their job, whatever their job is. They really? Go get, they go and get their case. Of Those beer. are the happiest people, you know, are, are the ignorant ones. Yes. 100%. Oh my gosh. I would disagree. I think the happiest people oh. I know are oh, the are ones that are again? through. Yeah, everyone's we are. Dis- everyone's because... disagreeing with everything around here. Makes for a good conversation though. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm well, I would that. say you're one of the happiest people I know. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I am. Because you know, your fucking power you've gone through, you see the program and you are evolving. And that's yes. what I like to do. I think it's happiness in my, by my definition is some sort of like, combination of a sense of security and safety, a sense of confidence, a growth and learning. Like if you aren't learning in your life, then, and, and achieving small goals, whether, or wins or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like through learning something or like challenging something or questioning something, then life is fucking boring otherwise. So I think that to me, yes, exactly. So the ignorant people that are like blissfully unaware of all of these things, I, I believe are probably happy until the moment that they fucking have a wake up call. Okay. Okay? So until the moment that something that they're the, the one, and they have like, and their their lives will blow up. Those are the people that right now that are blissfully unaware will have a moment where maybe they get divorced or they find out their husband's gay or they, um, you know, their child has um, gets vaccinated and then gets I don't know um, Ashburgers or something, right? Or has a serious adverse side effect or. I don't know. There's a number, or maybe you're just waking up. You're you're sitting having a coffee, and do you, think, you do you think the vaccine made the kids cross dressers? I wonder if that's a thing. Because remember, Alex Jones was like, they're putting stuff in the water that makes the freaking frogs gay. Well, it turns out that they were <laughs> after all these years. Yeah, 
I wonder. I, I don't there's, know. There's I, a huge rise in kids that are like, oh, I'm a crossdresser now. Right. You're not a full training until I, you chop your wiener off, which is fucking madness to think about. But we had trainings back in the day and we had crossdressers. And now everything's like, well, this yes. is who I've always been and this is who I want to be. But it's like since the vaccine, you're seeing a lot of crossdressers that are like trannies or that, that I'm born in a different body. And it's it's this dysmorphia that that messes with your mind. It's a bit of a tangent. I'm like, it's possible. I think that I think that vaccines are connected to um, um, uh, mental illness. They create a they they create a mental illness, a, a, some sort of yeah. dysfunction. Well, in the, the, brain, the 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 heavy metals cross ways. the brain blood brain barrier. Like yeah. it's proven. Yeah. There's there's fucking heavy metals and spike protein in your actual brain doing yeah. God knows fucking what. It's pretty wild stuff. Well, okay. So to, to answer your question though, I have a I have two working theories. The first one, and I think it's a combination of both. I don't do you listen to Jordan Peterson? I don't okay. Ever? Now, controversially, I don't care for Jordan Peterson. I did okay, when he first fine. showed up because remember too, he was at the University of Toronto. Like I went to see him speak before he became a big yeah. deal. Jordan P. Yeah, right. Right. And and when he spoke, he was a pompous, arrogant prick and he was fucking entertaining as shit his class i think he still is like that oh yeah yeah. but it's 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 he's he's definitely a character right so his class was always full and at the university of toronto i'm sure most other universities you can literally just do a walk-in and audit the class like you don't need to be a part of the school or anything like that you just walk in and sit in the class so i had a few buddies that were like you got to see this guy speak he speaks your language but he's a dick about it i'm like oh so what i'm not a dick (laughs) but uh so we went and saw him speak a few times and uh super entertaining. Um, I can't forget. Okay. Anyway. Um, so do I believe him now? Uh, I think Jordan Peterson is being propped up to be, uh, an anti, uh, uh, to be, to be basically the leader of, of, I don't want to say the opposition, but to be, to be, uh, like the anti woke activist. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. controlled opposition, him and Joe Rogan, same thing. Like, uh, I mean, Joe Rogan was anti space and then all of a sudden he gets 10 or hundred million dollars from Spotify. And now he's like, Oh, I believe in NASA. Like you negate yourself in, in a lot of terms. Thing is, anyone that's got a I don't a know platform, if you're right about that. I think that Rogan has always been like obsessed with aliens. So my my take on this is if anyone is put in a position um to be mass consumed, that they are working against you. And that sounds interesting. Negative. It sounds negative, but I don't think it is because every single piece of information that we can take in is important. So yeah. you read between the lines. What is he saying? What is he not saying? What can we pick up? What truth bombs are he dropping? You know, what is he, what is he, what is he negating by saying, let's look at this, this, and this? Because think about it. Like if you, if you're trying to hide something, say you're trying to hide a lot of money, right? You can, you can take, you know, uh, let's arbitrarily say a hundred thousand dollars. So you put $5,000 yeah. here, $5,000 there, $10,000 here. And now you've got uh, $80,000 somewhere else. And if somebody's trying to get that money or somebody's trying to look for that money or somebody's like, oh, this person's got cash, they'll find the five. Maybe they'll find the other five. Maybe they'll find the 10. By the time they find the 10, they assume that that's all there is and they move on. So don't go looking for the 80. They found the 20. They found the three stashes of cash. That must be everything. We're out of here. Right? That's what Joe Rogan does. That's what guys like Joe Rogan does. That's what Jordan Peterson does. They drop these truths that you can agree with. And while you're agreeing with them, you're not looking for what it is that they're hiding what it is that you're not supposed to look at, what it is that you're not supposed to talk about. The people who are getting shut down and shunned and blasted, much like myself, um, I'm not tooting my own horn there, but I'm just saying that, you know, I'm getting the weirdest fucking shadow bans for posting the, like, just strange things. Joe Rogan's never going to get a shadow ban, right? 
And it's stuff like that. Like, why am I still getting shadow banned in 2023 when they've sort of done, they're, they're done with the book burning? More than half of the mm. people I came up with in, in the social media world, they've all been blackballed. Well, I disagree with you because Rogan's not allowed, like he would get taken off YouTube. He would get taken off Apple. The only reason he's not shadow banned is because he works and has an agreement with Spotify. Like, look at freaking what's happening to um, Russell Brandt. Like, same thing. Like, he is, he has to be on Rumble or Rumble. Yeah, Rumble. Now, like he's, he's fucked off all of these. I, 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 but do you I know hear that what you're saying. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't think I'm on the same total level with that. You went and I to, guess you went to, you, you explained, um, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, echo chambers earlier. Right. So Russell yes. brand, Russell brand getting, getting shunned by the people, right. Allows yeah. Russell brand credibility. In and amongst "quote unquote" our yes. community, but it's sure. it's false credibility. It weeds out. He does have an echo chamber, a hundred percent, and he calls out his own bullshit too. And he talks about that. Right, that's the thing. Like he wants t- people to spread out. He likes to argue. He talks on both sides. He is like this whole podcast. I mean, he's it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, his entire his entire modus operandi. Like he he is. A liberal through and fucking through the the most liberal liberal you could ever fucking talk about. And every single liberal thinks he's a, a right wing extremist. So like he's creating a, a lot of um, murkiness and conversation on purpose. He's a brilliant person. He's brilliant for that, because the more the more his message gets out, the more it's parroted back. That's what an echo chamber is, essentially. My- so like he's a. My my issue again on 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 Russell Brand is I can show you countless pictures of him flashing um, the Illuminati, him flashing the the triangle, him flashing the <laughs> the silence, yeah. like he's part of the program, right? He's part of yeah. it. So no matter what he's saying, For sure. If you want to, if you want to believe in in Russell Brand, great. I'm also not saying don't watch Russell Brand because one of the greatest statements ever made, I think it was Denzel Washington said, "You either watch the news and you're uninformed." or misinformed, or you don't watch the news and you're uninformed. So the news will tell you stuff and the news will say, this is what's going on, but it's up to you to discern what is and what isn't the thing. So when Russell Brand drops his ideas, if you believe wholeheartedly with Russell Brand, you're an idiot. If you disagree with everything Russell Brand says, you're an idiot. If you take what he says and you amalgamate it with all the information that you have, you can read between his lines. And it sounds like I'm saying, oh, it's doomsday. It's naysaying. It's this, that, and the other thing with regards to these celebrities and with regards to this, these Illuminatis and their triangles and their one eye and all this crap. Right? All of these symbols, all it really shows is these are the people that are telling you a message. What you do with that message is also reality creation. Uh, it's the same with movies. I just watched the the movie um, The End of the World or Leave the World Behind with Julia Roberts. It's on the Netflix there. Um, oh, okay. I strongly recommend everybody watch that movie. Uh, it's the same with, did you ever watch the movie? Don't look up. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was okay. So don't look up was an entire mockery of the entire COVID situation. They were saying I anyone know. that looked up at the, at the, at the, at the, the, at the impending doom, the pending doom. <laughs> was, was crazy. Yeah. Right. Listen to the TV. Don't look up. Listen to the TV. Right. So don't look up. So this, this other one, the end of the world or, or whatever it is, um, uh, leave the world behind. Uh, is exactly the same thing. And in that, they state what's going to happen, right? So I can say something like, this is coming, right? 
But if I say that, then my audience could run with it. They could be like, oh, if this is the impending doom, then what I've just done is I've just helped the mission statement of the quote unquote powers that be. Right. And that mission statement is let's create a reality where this is a reality. But what they've said was true inside the story. They're like the three steps to a total collapse without even firing a shot is to break up communication between every single person. So nobody can communicate with anybody. Then do psychological warfare, loud noises, loud sounds, um, drop flyers, uh, pamphlets, and multiple different uh, pieces of information, uh, construed information, mixed up information, uh, nothing truthful, get the people a little bit confused, uh, and then literally wait for them to cannibalize their scenario and their situation. So wait for you and me to fight each other. And then they've taken it. They've taken it a massive power, right? Because there's this idea. There's this idea that you and I are in control. Just like you said, we built the pyramids. We went to space. You know, all that stuff never happened. There is no, there is no us in the grand scheme of the news or, or in the grand scheme of mass media. There is a collection of people playing a game that you and I as normal Joes get to watch on the television or hear about on the radio or see on social media. And we believe that we can't trust the news, but we can trust TikTok. So we see all these people, these plants. Think about like Charlie D'Amelio, for example. It's not by accident that this girl became ultra famous TikTok, right? Everyone's like, oh, she became famous because she danced and we all liked her. I'm like, no, she was a plant used by social media to create stupidity, to make you believe that if you do a dumb TikTok dance, you're going to become famous. How many people? Well, that was the Chinese. That was China. That's China's way of fighting against America. They own TikTok. Their algorithm in China looks very different than what it looks like in America. And they know they know that that the war will be won economically. The war they're 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 in the war of economics. Okay, well, let me let me just ask you this, because when. When I quote unquote woke up at COVID and really zoomed out, you can start to see, and I know that there's people listening that can see this. You can start to see how the world and how the leaders condition your mind by imposing like one of their pillars in the playbook is black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's black and white. Nothing lives in the gray. You can't question anything. You're either on this side or this side. It's right or wrong. It's this or that. There's nothing. If you don't so, like Biden, you're so, a pro-Trumper. Boom. Exactly. If you're unvaccinated, you're pro-Trump. If you're yeah. and so you associate yeah. all of these things <laughs> to either one side or the other. Okay. So that is in the playbook. It's a pillar. And when you see that and you start to um, live in the extremes, and that's what people say, they'll say when they when they talk about um, the abortion topic, the issue of abortion, whatever your standard is, if someone this is what a left a left hand argument always is, is what if you were raped? That, okay. What if you're one to. of the girls who are raped and you can't get it? Okay. Ninety nine point five percent of the women having abortions were not raped. That's right. Okay. Yes, there are some women that are, but they always use the extreme example to completely dismiss and create this separation, this black and white thinking. So you have to believe it this way or else. Okay. So that is like a colossal. I have a controversial stance on, 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 uh, on abortion. Okay. Well, wait a second. I, that's, that's fine. I, yeah. I understand that, like we can talk about that, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to paint the picture of this yeah. black and white thinking. 
Okay. It's phenomenal what you're doing. Because it's super, it's, it's, we, it's very unconscious. So you're basically, you take two points and you connect those points with the dumbest, like with the, the most irrational, illogical thing. And then you believe that you, that, that you create self-righteousness out of having your beliefs. Yes. Okay. So when it comes to black and white, She's thinking, excited, and when you actually, <laughs> <laughs> when you have sort of like an out of body epiphany, aha moment, um, what you think, People who think they've had a wake-up call, what they've actually done, they're not awake. They're not aware. What they have actually done is now identified their enemy. Okay? So uh, many people today believe that they're awake, that they're aware, and they, they, they know the truth because at some point or another, they've identified the enemy, be it a political standpoint, be it diet culture, be it beauty culture, be it the chemicals, be it the chemtrails, whatever it is that's causing them problems. People feel as though they have a wake-up call because they know what the problem is. Oh, that's why it's this way. I am awake to that system. I am awake to the program. I'm awake to what they're doing. They're the problem. They're the enemy. Do you believe okay. that to be true about yourself? And I believe that I went through that in my awakening. Yes. Good. I believe that that was part of, I, I I don't think many people are above that phenomena of like thinking that you know everything because you've now identified the problem. Okay. And now the the problem with that, um, and thankfully I had mentors and, and I was surrounding myself with others who are going through this and beyond this, people at that have gone through it to the other side that were able to sort of like help just me. to sort of add to that. There is no other side. Right. Okay. So the other side, what I mean by that, it's just a way of me being able to you just get explain the journey. You just get deeper into it, but it's like a deep going through a deeper understanding of it. Then do you like, see, can I ask right now, do you see an yeah. enemy? Do you personally see an enemy anywhere? Less and less. Yeah. I less and less and less and less and less. See and an so that's the thing yeah. you're like, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, when you wake up, you see the enemy, you see the truth, you see the enemy, right? But then you the see further a, down, you say a version of the truth that makes you feel. And then here's the thing. When you see that you, you shut your brain off again. When people know that's the, the definition of mindlessness is when you think, you know, that you are right. Your way is the way your brain shuts off. Okay. You become mindless. You no longer ask questions about it. You no longer think critically about it. You no longer see it as something new and something to explore. You already know, oh, that's my problem. That's the problem. And now I'm going to direct all my energy at that problem as opposed to looking at myself. I am the actual fucking problem here. I am the reason yes. that I believe that way. So, yep. okay. So, so yes, where were we? Um, we were everywhere mindfulness. So, so as you go through the journey, so yes, I believed that there was an enemy and the people that stay in that, I, I believe that the ultimate program of like the world economic forum and these like devil people and the lizard people and whatever the fuck you want to call it, like the Bill Gates of the world want you to stay in that us versus them mentality forever. Cause yes. that makes you the most compliant you're going to comply with whatever the ideological 
brainwash is, which is what it is. It's people are right wing thinkers are brainwashed to be white wing thinkers. People who are left wing thinkers are brainwashed to be. You are now. You're, here's you are. Here's here's some controversy for you. Okay, you're you're clearly not a left or a right wing thinker. You're an entire bird thinker. Yeah. So I love that quote. Right. But there's no right wing or left wing. They're part of the same bird or same whatever. Fucking that bird. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is controversial. Are you ready for this? Yeah, say it. You yeah, were brainwashed yeah. to be a full bird thinker. Yes. You've been I brainwashed concur. to be a full bird thinker. Yes. Yes. So I 100% agree with that. I've been brainwashed and I surround myself with people that think the way I think in the same way. It's the same structure. It's the same format. And the reason I do that is ultimately because I want to feel safe. I want so to feel safe, safe. You're creating. And I want. You're creating inside your own your own ideological way. The same thing yeah. that the, the left and the same thing that the right are creating. I now, would have to agree. What comes next? Um, and you're probably there's already one, on There's the one thing I would add to that. Okay, go yeah, ahead. go. Go ahead. Carry no, on. No, no, no. You, you say. Who show you is say, this? You say. God damn it. I so like what, to know. I like to know how other people describe this. This so is what happens when really two hosts. To me. When two hosts get on a show, this is what happens. <laughs> just I know, us true, talking right? over each other. God damn it! <laughs> you ask a question. No, you yeah. ask a question. Well, okay, how go. do you feel about that? Well, let me tell you how I'm just about that. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I think we. I think we'd have a great show. There's actually two things I want to bring up. Yeah. We, I never finished talking about the happiest people thing, but. Um, okay, we have to go back to the t- to the to the and abortion. Male- and abortion. Okay. So but I, I'm curious to know the next level. Like, so once you understand you've been brainwashed and that you are in that, in your own um, echo chamber or mass formation psychosis or whatever it is, then the next step is what you were just going to say. So I'm not at, I'm not at final steps. There's people above me that know all this stuff, but I know that, you know, if you woke up in COVID, I woke up, you know, I woke up like 10 years before you, um, yeah. but it was ingrained in us to do it. We were already predestined to see past the bullshit. So you always looked at life differently, which means the entirety of your life, everything that you've ever looked at was always different than anybody else. So when you look back on the past, you go, uh, now I see why maybe I didn't fit in. Now I see why even when right. I tried to be whatever the fuck they wanted me to be, I was never part yeah. of the in crowd. I was surrounded by millions forever alone. That is a a, 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 a total a to, a totality of the growth. What comes next from what you're experiencing is um, totally letting go. In other words, I understand that you believe in the in the left. I understand that you believe in the right. And I understand that you believe in the whole bird. Mm-hmm. Grasping that, understanding that, and not caring about it removes you from any label that you would want to put on yourself. Because the minute you say to yourself, I believe in this firmly, you question that. You can question why you believe in what you believe in, which allows you total freedom. I'm no longer worried about, um, uh, I mean, to use in my own, in my, in my own life experience, I was a heavy drinker and I was a user of the cocaines because I loved it because I was in high pressure sales when I was in the third dimension. Uh, I absorbed and embraced everything. <laughs> I used yeah. everything at my disposal uh, and I was, I was a glorified piece of shit, um, but I was also pretty funny and, you know, I was good to my friends and good to myself, but I, you know, at the end of the day, I hated myself and that reflected in my actions and energies uh, and that reflected in my ability to do things. So what did I do? I quit. 
I quit everything and I raised my vibration and I, I stepped into it and people will say, well, you can't just quit. You, you know, you got to go to AA. I'm like, that's a story. You tell yourself a story. Now I'm not taking away from anyone that's in AA. I'm not taking away from this, but I am saying that uh, yep. whatever story you want to tell yourself is your reality. And for me, I said, fuck this. I'm done. And I suffered. I went into a full-blown sciatica. So for like, like six months, a hundred percent, six months, I was bedridden. And then, you know, a year after that. Oh was, yeah. You told me about this. Yeah. Fuck me. That was horrible. So, yeah. So this was, this was all on the show and, and, and I've talked about this on many episodes and I'll talk about it again because it's, a, it's a, it's a huge awakening. Yeah. So for me, I went through absolute hell and I didn't go back to the painkillers. I didn't go back to the Percocets, which I loved. I didn't go back to the cocaine, which would have helped. I didn't go back to the drinking, which would have numbed the pain. Uh, I, I fucking sat with it. And, you know, people will say, well, you're a strong person for doing that. I'm like, honestly, as I sit here telling you right now, it's part of my story. It's not like I, I think about it. It's not like I equate to it. It's not like I must have it to be the thing. The pain woke me up. The pain woke me up. And I'm thankful mm-hmm. for it. Right. So for mm-hmm. me to not do that, for me to succumb to my quote unquote addictions, cigarettes was a big one too. The number one taxable revenue source in Canada is cigarettes. The number two is the quitting smoking industry. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was booze. No, booze is number three. It's cigarettes. What's number two? Smoking, quitting smoking is number two. So your, your your thrive gums and your patches and your this and your that. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Seriously? So they trick you into smoking. They trick you into quitting smoking. And they trick you into drinking. <laughs> so and, smart. And all of these things, all of these things are hilarious because you spend all of this money and you spend all of this time. And you, more importantly, you give all of your energy to quitting smoking. When you know what you have to do? Just don't buy another pack of cigarettes. It's that right. simple. And everyone under the sun will say, quitting smoking is harder than quitting heroin. I'm like, well, how about you get addicted to heroin and see what that's like? You know. Well, we in the third dimension call that cold turkey. Yes. And cold turkey uh, anything is... It's not healthy. Um, you could die. You could go into withdrawals. Y- yes. Oh. Yeah. So imagine exactly. Every single one of these <laughs> stories you tell yourself, every single one of these stories that you've heard from somewhere else, you believe it. Yeah. Therefore, you make it a reality. Now, for me, all of these things, you know, I quit it all. I did it all. And I suffered for a bit. And but it was for me to say to myself, I deserve more. I deserve better. I'm 43 years old. I have fucking perfect skin. Would you look at this? Look at that you know, skin. I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe of myself, really. <laughs> I hope you, are, I hope you guys can pick up on the sarcasm through the radio here. Um, but you know, for me, imagine I'm not recording this. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing in the world? Just not recording. Oh, I'm I've recording it. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh my I've god. Done it before a whole last show. Well, wasn't recording that. Oops. Uh, um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So, so when you get to the point where you're like, okay, you see that the enemy says do this. You see that this, that, and the other thing. You realize that the quote unquote enemy was your opportunity to overcome. And when mm, you really like truly look past it, you're like, there are no enemies. There is no right or wrong. There is no evil. There are right. just scenarios that you grow through. Yes. And if these scenarios exist the way they do, then it must be, there must be a, 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 a requiem of control that I'm not familiar with. Yes. As you wake up, you want to blame the government for your problems, right? Yes. You want to blame this. You want to, you want to, you want to, like you said, you, you know, you identify the enemy. Yeah, so, you'll stay stuck. People stay stuck in that in that yeah. level they think forever. That they're woke. They think that they woke up and they, they see think it. that they woke up. Yeah, but it's exactly. it's the beginning stages. You see something a little bit differently, and I'll tell you this: that's the tip of the iceberg, and the iceberg tip. is is a billion miles deep. 
right? No and one likes just the tip. No. Well, some people do. It really all depends, you know, on, on where no. it's being where it's being put. So <laughs> the um but you're right, no one likes just the tip. It doesn't matter where it's going. I just got one even <laughs> and I just like took that joke to a whole new level in my mind. Okay, so keep going. <laughs> She's dirty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so yeah, so you know, as 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 you expand, you're like, fuck, there is no there is no Bill Gates, there is no Bilderberg group, there is no trilateral commission, there is nothing other than an opportunity for us to grow. And at the end of the day, nobody's in control except for you, because you're the only one that's ever experienced your entire life as a whole. Therefore, Every single thing that you've ever done, experienced, seen, tasted, touched, felt, thought has happened for you, has happened to create a version of you that you can be proud of. And you're every single day, you're faced with the opportunity to quit your job, to change your life, to move to a different country, to move to a different state. And you say to yourself, I can't do that because of this, this, and this. And those who, ex- who succeed and, and achieve and create the life that they want. Utilize it as a blueprint. Well, if I can't do that because of this, this, and this, then I have to do this, this, and this first, right? And then they create the lifestyle that they want. So every ounce of adversity you've ever faced has happened for you. I tell people now, I used to smoke cigarettes and do the drugs um, and, and, and all those addiction things so that I could understand what it took to put them down. And now there's no story in my mind. Like I was just in, uh, we just went for vacation. A few of us, Um, I had some drinks. I haven't drank in six years and, and people are like, well, aren't you afraid of falling into a barrel or some shit? And I was like, I was like, what do I think is going to happen? Like, I'm just going to all of a sudden become a, a raging alcoholic after like one or two drinks. Now the world believes that you are, but what actually happened with me was, isn't that interesting? I, yeah. I love this. Okay. Keep going. What actually happened with me was I had one or two drinks. Now, the reason I had one or two drinks was honestly because where we were, we went to Cuba and the hotel and the resort where we were just outside of Holgan. Um, there was a water shortage. So I couldn't get bottled water. And oh. I'm not going to drink the tap water. Uh, so finally I found the water that I needed. But for the first little while, I'm like, fuck it. I'll just drink, you know, and I don't want to, there's no point in drinking Coke. So I had a beer right. and I'm like, this fucking tastes I, like I, shit. Arguably Coke is worse than beer, but 100% okay. Is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. because of all that sugar. So I was like, well, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't drink this beer. It's not refreshing and it tastes like ass. Um, so I just didn't want it. Uh, and then I switched to rum and Coke and I'm like, well, this is, this is okay. I guess, you know, because I, I don't drink, I don't consume. If it's sugar. really hot. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So when I had hot out, like a cold beer and a drink. Yeah. So I had, I had some rum and Cokes. I'm just not like, oh, well, not a thing. There was one restaurant uh, in the whole resort that served wine. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I didn't roam. Because I really did love wine. I love wine. Uh, and oh, it was one of those too. things that I was like, I, you know, when I walked away from drinking, I walked away from wine. Which probably wasn't a bad thing because like my favorite wine was the uh, Camus Vineyards, which is like a hundred bucks a bottle. So it's just dumb for me to keep drinking that stuff. But uh, it's, it's a delicious thing. So when we went, we had a glass of wine and now everybody's drinking. This is a thing. And, and this is a restaurant where you get, you know, limited wine because it's Cuba. Everything's limited. Uh, right. So I would have a glass of wine with dinner and I was always out with um, a couple of friends and uh, shout out to Cheryl uh, who actually Cheryl listens to your show exclusively now because of the time that we swap casted. So Cheryl, yes, I hope you're Cheryl. enjoying this show. Yes. Thanks Cheryl. There Hi. You go. 
So Cheryl, a uh, very good friend of mine, I've known her since I was a child. Um, she decided that I didn't need all my wine because I wasn't a drinker anyway. So I ended up having a few sips of wine, if not half a glass or whatever. And Cheryl would always finish it for me. So that was fine. Okay. Um, so what, what, what kind of thoughts were going through your mind at that time? Uh, challenging like, did you, you were challenging yourself? So there comes a point in time where uh, there's a statement that says, quote unquote, God will test you uh, or, you know, the universe or the ethos will test you when you're um, on, when you're on track, because if it, you know, he'll throw a test in your way to see if, to see if you deserve what you're doing. And that's mm. kind of the shit that ran through my mind constantly, because again, I gave up women, uh, which sounds weird, but like I was always pursuing the wrong women because again, I hated myself. I had mommy issues, the whole nine years, yeah. however you want to cut yeah. it. Right. Uh, yeah. Every single woman that I was dating or associating with was, was bad for me. And when you, when you're constantly having sex with that, you're transferring energy and it's really, really bad because you're giving yeah. much of yourself away. I also yeah. grew up in a world where it, it, it was a, it was a bragging rights. Who did you sleep with? How many girls have you slept with? You know, uh, who's on your you know yeah. belt and all that sort of stuff. Like it was, it was a challenge. I mean, you and I talked about this before too. You know, it's like when you're yeah. really in the depths of who you are, you're like, I'm just going to have sex with everyone. I gave up men as well for almost the exact same reason. I did three, just over three years. It was, I called it my man talks, my yeah. D talks. Yeah. The D talks. No more D the for D this one. Blah, no blah. more D. Yeah. She D? says with a, with a giant drawer of D. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you didn't give up nothing. Uh, but um, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. So now again, my proclivity was uh, Percocet. One of the things that I absolutely love was Percocet. So also, didn't I find a fella down there? That had a whole bunch of Percocets because he had mm. extra pain. So now, now you're drinking, popping Percocets. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was offered a threesome. Oh, right? shit. So this is the first time literally in six years that I've gone on vacation, like fully on vacation because, because of my, because of my line of work. I'm, I'm, uh, at not necessarily the beck and call, but my clients can always reach me. We can do all the web work. We can, you know, I'll text you back and forth. We'll solve problems throughout the week. I'm constantly yep. on call 24 seven. So you turned off the noise. You were in out. Cuba. The, the reception is so shit, no matter how you want to cut it, that I didn't have a choice. And I let Got everybody it. know before I went and I took 10 days. So again, prior to Cuba in 2017 was when I quit everything. So now for the first time since I quit everything, I'm in a position to do everything. Right. Okay. And I'm on vacation. And it all comes flooding back. And it all hey, flooding back. What's up? So I'm what, here. Exactly. So what did I learn? Now, I before I went to Cuba, I actually threw out my shoulder. I don't know what I did, but I really caused myself a lot of pain. Um, oh, I here, love there's swimming. another one of your things. There's another one of your things you've gone through. Pain. Yeah. More pain. So I'm in Cuba. More pain. I'm in Cuba. And I have uh, a blown out shoulder. And what, what do you do in Cuba with your friends? They're all drinking. You throw the Frisbee, you throw the football. Now I yeah. refuse to not play those games. So my arm was dead. And then at the end of the day, I get back to my room at around 12 o'clock at night, 12 or one. And I pass the fuck out till seven 30 or eight o'clock in the morning, like dead just because you're so exhausted. Yeah. And the beds yeah. are hard. My arm is screwed. So I wake up every morning in even more pain. Then I found the Percocet guy and um, Richard, if you're listening, thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I, uh, I, 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 I was given these opportunities to test my moral strength. Now, some people be like, don't touch it because it, you're being tested strongly. But for me, it was like, you know, what do I do with this information? 
I would have some of those drinks, but I was not interested in drinking. Since we got back, I have no interest in drinking. If I leave yeah. again and go somewhere to a beach, I'll probably have another drink, but it doesn't control me or run my life. The Percocets, thank fucking Christ they existed because it allowed me to carry on what I wanted to do. And when I got back to Canada, I, uh, I've, I've started the physio. For you're rehabilitating. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're yeah. taking care of business non-pharmaceutically. Exactly. And with regards to the, the women, the threesome, you know, uh, there was actually multiple opportunities. And it was so neat too, because, you know, when you're in a position like that, every single day, a new busload of people get dropped off at the resort. Right. So you're just like, it's oh, just, yeah, it's a revolving door. So that sort of thing, you know, when it was offered to me and I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and pass on this because I, yeah. I at no point did I want to give up sort of what I'd built with regards to self-respect, self-energy, self-caring. I tried all the other stuff and, you know, um, I agree with it. Like I don't have any proclivities towards alcohol. I'm not worried about it. Um. I don't have any proclivities okay. towards Percocets. It no longer has any power over me. I'm not worried about it. I did them. But let me stop you there because here's what you do that 98% of the people don't do. And I say this because maybe 95%, maybe there's 5% of the whole world that does this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's 95, it's 98. You are paying attention to what you're paying attention to. You are being mindful. You're living in the moment. Mm -hmm. You are not projecting yourself into some fearful black and white fucking bullshit future. Like in the program, again, it's black and white thinking is like, if you do X, you will guaranteed get Y. That is mindlessness. If you do X, if you, you think will guaranteed get if, high. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and so that is, that's the the essence of where I would go. Okay. Remember when we're talking about like stage one is black and white thinking. And then the next stage is the observation. You're the observer of your program. You're an observer of the program without judging it. So the judge and the victim usually pipe up. That means you are mindless when you're like victimizing yourself, judging yourself for doing something. You are observing it. You're holding it in a neutral space. You're paying attention to your five senses, to your body now, and then making decisions, right? So that is a fucking skill that yeah. takes a very awake person to be able to withstand all the people. Are you sure you want to do that? And they're projecting their shit onto you and you're not taking it. You are observing your mind. Well, you see and them that doing is it. Like, you know what they're doing. You know, that's a thing I, Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You see the program at work in others, but the that, cause that would actually be the stage before you can see it in yourself. So a lot of people are in the black and white thinking, but they know that, that they can see the shit happening in other people. They can identify the problems in other people. That's part of it. That's where you go. But if you can't see that it's you versus you, that if you can't see your own program running, you are not awake. You are dead asleep. You are living in a subcon. You're living in the program. You're, you're, uh, what's well, the, the equivalent I would say is the same as like you put on a video game and you don't even realize that you're playing a video game. Like when you put on the PlayStation and you you jump into Grand Theft Auto yeah. or whatever, if you don't know that you're playing a video game, then it's weird, right? And I would assume I don't I would assume that everybody mind, yeah, a video but, game. Well, but yeah, in this but world, they, they probably the don't. They don't. It's the same, exactly the same. It's like 
okay, mindlessness shows up in our lives in so many ways. And you can start paying attention to this because honestly, to wake up is to be aware that you are mindless and then to start paying attention. So you're paying attention to what you're paying attention to. You're actively paying attention. You're actively observing. And, and so, for example, how many people drive to work every day? How many days of the week do you get to work? And you're like, how the fuck did I get here? What, what just happened? You're like, whoa, 20 minutes on the highway passed, but you're not there. Yeah, You're there. You're operating your meat suit, but you get to work and you're like, whoa. So here's the thing. Like when you wake up in the morning, most people will get out of bed the same way. They will walk to the bathroom the same way. They will brush their teeth, take a shit, go pee, shower, get ready. However, their routine is in the same way. They will brush their teeth with the same pattern. They will go out, turn the coffee on, whatever, feed their kids, their cats, whatever their sh- like, whatever their routine is. They will most likely 90 percent of the time do it in in a certain order in a certain way we we as humans are robotic in that sense and in those times i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this but in those times we are mindless we are not consciously choosing to put uh, to put one foot in front of the other it's just happening we are sort of robotic in that sense your brain does that intentionally it stores your brain does that intentionally so that it can so that it can grab new things they say but i mean to me it's just it's just proof of programming you it's know, it's he, proof of programming. Yes, because we, okay, this is I an easy concept for you. To that. I can add a layer of okay, depth but, to that. Too. Okay, let me, let me, there let me go. go. And then you, you hold. So, so, so we can identify that when, if you were to drive to work and turn right out of your driveway instead of left by accident, or there's a construction, you have to take another way. In that moment, what happens? Your brain turns on. You are now paying attention. Oh shit, I have to go another way. And you're starting to actually pay attention while you're driving. And that right there, that feeling is mindfulness. That's what the intuitive awareness, the observer feels like. That's what it feels like. So for example, if you're brushing your teeth and you use your left hand instead of your right, you'll have to pay attention. You'll, it will feel funny. It will feel different. That is being mindful. And okay, so you can, it's easy to understand in these basic sort of rudimentary or um, elementary examples. However, the exact same principle occurs when you read a a tweet and get triggered, when your husband comes home late and forgets the uh, eggs, when the dishwasher is never unloaded, when your kid is sick, when like all of these examples, you will become automated. Your response is automated. How you think is automated. It is a literal program until you zoom out and start to become mindful and be curious and look at the situation in a new way. Okay, now you go. Layer. Layer me. A layer into the into that uh, thing is we don't even understand where that came from. We don't understand where that where that shelter came from. Like if you think about your bathroom routine, yeah, right. Um, you don't have to get personal here, uh, but. For the most part, people take a shit, they, they wipe their ass, wash the toilet, wash their hands, leave the bathroom. Right? That's what most people do. Or don't wash their hands. Like I, weirdos. I, I'm just I'm kidding. kidding. But so on top of that, you know, and no judgment. If you don't wash your hands, whatever. Just go pat people. I'm on judging the you. I'm just kidding. There's feces everywhere. Yeah. Don't you know touch, that? Touch it. So uh, just flush your toilet with the lid up. Okay. Leave the toilet unflushed. Save some water. <laughs> the um the, 
we don't we don't question where that came from. When you're yeah. in the bathroom, uh, maybe you're different because you're an open person, a hippie, if you were. Um, but when you're in the bathroom, the door's closed. You do your business and you get out. And who taught you how to do that? Now think about this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry for what's about to happen here, but if you get up, get the paper towel or toilet paper, wipe yourself off, flush, go about your day. Think about this. If I walked up to you, piece of shit in my hand, and smeared it down your arm, first you'd punch me in the face for smearing shit down your arm. Secondly, you would use more than a dry piece of paper to get it off. And there's no difference between your arm and your butt crack, right? But 99% <laughs> of the people just take... Where the fuck is he going with this? 99% of the people just fucking wipe up a little bit and like, well, that's it. We're done with it, right? And that's that's a wild thing to think of because you're just sitting there with like bits of shit all over your ass. You're like, I'm fucking sexy, you know? And uh, I, I laughed my ass off too. I saw this meme the other day and it's it was a picture that of like- That is fucking amazing. Well, when you think about it, right? You think about it, you're like, holy fuck, who taught me how to use the bathroom? Who taught me this shit? Why am I just simply wiping my ass with fucking little bits of paper until it's gone? And how do the blind But don't you have like a very specific, like, do you just wipe it one time or do you not wipe it until there's no more, like, no more? Okay. So every person under the sun has taken one of those shits where no matter how much you wipe, there's still some left and you're just like, ah, fuck it. I'm out. So you don't go in the shower? Now, here's the thing. Every single Muslim that I know takes a shower after every shit. Yeah, I know. It's, it's actually part of their like cult. That's how they learned to do it. And yeah. like, there's people that are bidayers. I want to the bidayers. There's the, there's the, there's the, the baby wipes, the baby wipers of the world. Yeah. I had baby I like wipes as well for a bit, but I was like, it, yeah. there's a weird interaction with everything. So I'm like, nah, we're going to be done with that. But yeah, I'm just going to install a bidet <laughs> because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sick of this dry wipe, you know? Uh, but you know, like, that's the thing. Like, we don't think about this. Right. And I saw something that made me laugh too. It was a picture of nails, right? Really well done nails, but they were short. Right. And it said clean. Yeah. It just said clean underneath it. And then there was a picture of nails that were like really well done nails, but they were really long. And it said poopy. <laughs> that shit just made me laugh because it took me a second to figure out. It was just a hand. It just said clean. And then the, the beautiful long nails, poopy, because they can't get the yeah. nails in the ass crack. Oh, for Christ's oh, sake. God. Oh, God. It's like, true, though. I oftentimes wonder what the fuck women do with those giant nails. I don't, I just, I don't put nail polish on. I have just like, so your nails, them, all my nails clean it would have clean, clean. underneath it it wouldn't have poopy underneath it <laughs> oh my bottom. god that's i fucking love it i but, fucking love it but that's the shit that we don't think about so like no matter how aware and stuff like that we are we still go to the bathroom we wipe our ass with a dry piece of towel and then we fucking wash our hands flush the toilet and leave it's okay me. and this is a really good okay so every now and then we'll hear a story like this that gets us thinking differently okay so for every person that just sort of like had a realization that moment is mindfulness. That's what it feels like. It's like, okay. So a, a really, um, a woman that I love, um, Dr. Ellen Langer, she talks a lot. She's a Harvard professor, I think, or some tenured, uh, Ivy league school. Um, she starts every single lecture. She, she teaches mindfulness and she starts every single lecture with the question, what's one plus one. And everyone immediately says two. And so 
I find it really interesting because she says, is it two? Is, are you sure? Would you bet your life that one plus one equals two? And of course, these are like Harvard students. They're like this. We learned this in grade one. Yes. One plus one equals two. And then she will say something along the lines of, okay, if you take one cloud in the sky and another cloud in the sky and put them together, what does that equal? And in that moment, the people are like, oh, well, it's one. In that scenario, it's one. What's one pile of laundry plus one pile of laundry? What's one piece of chewing gum in your mouth with another piece of chewing gum? So in that context, one plus one equals one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it, it gets you thinking differently because again, we learned one plus one equals two. And now our brains are shut off because that's what it is. We are now mindless, but to be able to be mindful is to see the possibility your possibility, you can do anything that you yeah. put your mind to or whatever you want in a different context. And so now you're being mindful and it's really cool. And you see things like in the, in, in the articles uh, recently, not recently, but like in the back in the day, critical thinking is dangerous when it, when it comes to COVID, yeah. when it comes to medical stuff. So critical thing, one plus one absolutely equals two. And if you think it equals one puffy cloud, you could be causing harm to your neighbor or grandmother. Absolutely. And that's the thing. When you shut off the critical, the, the, the thinking of it, when you shut it off and you join a camp and you know what's right and make the other person wrong, you're othering, you're dehumanizing, you're doing a lot of things in that sense. And this happens like on a very personal level too, like with our spouse, with our kids, with our family members, like we are being conditioned more and more to do that black and white thinking. If you're not for me, you're against me. So if you don't agree with me, that means you're my enemy. And there's yeah. no room in between. There's no even room for you to ask for their, to walk a mile in their shoes. Why do you think that way? Oh, I'm really curious. Why did you come up with that? How did you come up with that? So that question is a mindful question. I love that shit. How did you get there? You and I disagree. Yeah, how, how did, did you get, get there? that answer? Yeah. Yes. Show your work. God so that question. So like Michael and I, we had a little bit of a, not a disagreement, but. Ooh, um, a row. DDT. It's not even everyone. around. So you said a wrestling old in the backyard. Nice backyard, by the way. I like your shed. I'm, I'm watching the building of your shed. I shouldn't even call oh, it our a shed. 10 car it's garage. Yeah. It's, it's not called even the hanger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I shouldn't be calling it <laughs> a shed. Like a plane it's, it's fucking bigger than my house. You're like, you know what we need? Something huge. It's bigger than our house. Um, so what's, yeah. What's so uh, thank you. Um, well, okay. So side tangent here, Michael has always had, um, he was, he was gifted from his grandfather, a 1970 Corvette and a 1954 model a, I think, or 1952 model a truck and they're in shambles. Uh, but he is like a mechanic by, um, he's an engineer, but he does, uh, he loves working on cars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by Tinkering, hobby, the best he tinkers. Oh, he's the fucking, Yeah. We have a lift. He does everyone's cars. He's doing all our winter tires right now, or well, that's finished now. But like he does all that stuff because he loves it. Yeah. So he always had this dream of building a a um a garage, like a shed, a garage, so that he can work on those two cars. Okay. He could do that in our garage right now. But what happens is like anytime someone needs to work done, he would have to take all the stuff, move it put it somewhere, make room. Like he would be shuffling that shit around so much and he doesn't want to do that. Okay. So he had just this dream and we were going to do it like in 2020, but then COVID hit and 
wood pricing like went skyrocketing through the roof. High. It's pretty high. Yeah. It's pretty high. So so it just it's went high as like if you did X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so when push came to shove, we we held off in 2022 because um like contract, it was impossible. Now he, luckily he is an engineer. He can sign off on a lot of things. He created all the plans um, and he's the subcontractor, which is very, very helpful because we're not wasting any fucking time. And he is like making deals. If someone doesn't respond, he's moving on to the next thing. Like he's doing it really well. Nice. Um, so we just decided to go for it in the spring of 2023. And we were building that garage. Now it's not going to be finished for another two or three years. The exterior, every like we're getting the door. It's we have a custom door. It's just been delayed. Like construction sucks, man. People oh, yeah. fucking pay so much money waiting for contractors for work to get done. Like it's phenomenal. Um, but we're getting the door, uh, I believe either this week or on Monday, and then it's done for a year or two. We're going to finish the inside and do that sort of slowly just for budget purposes. But, but yeah, so that's why we're built. We built, it's a 10 car garage. It's massive. I want one. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's pretty happy. He's going to have his little man cave, but that's the thing. Okay. So last night we were sitting on the couch and we've been doing a little bit of like leg snuggling, bare leg to bare leg, um, for oxytocin. So to get the love hormone, to feel safe, we're just kind of like experimenting with different things. And we, I really love getting my foot massaged my feet massaged at night and he and I'll, I'll i'll tell you he massages my feet probably five nights a week um and last night he asked me to do his feet and i said fine so i was doing his feet we were watching like a show and the assumption in my mind this is a stupid little example but the assumption in my mind was that he was going to do mine after how dare you and so when i was finished with him I like put my feet up to him and he was like, I know I'm not doing that. I'm not, no, I need a night off. And I got mad. Okay. I was like, fuck you. Basically. I didn't say that. And I never would say that, but I felt that. Oh, he heard it just now. Just now he heard it. (laughs) And so, so old Elisa brain would stew in that resentment in that story of, Oh, well you owe me this. Like you like, or something or make me a victim, make me a victim, make me mad at him and him responsible for my well being. However, because I observed that program in my mind, I was able to like separate myself, take a pause, take a breath and be like, Oh shit. Okay. Here it is. This is that, that program. Mm -hmm. I just asked him, like, tell me more about how you're feeling and why this is. You're so against this. Normally, he'd be like, "No, no problem. That's not what you said. just do it." I'm so, pretty sure you said, "Tell me more about why you're a little bitch," right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because never. here's the thing: if you guys actually, can't have a laugh, if, if you okay, first of all, he does you five days a week. You don't like, you know, you don't have to figure that shit yeah. out. Now, theoretically, if you guys weren't both so utterly selfish, your legs crisscross, and if you're gonna do some weird leg therapy like you're doing, you can both do each other's feet at the same damn time for fuck's sakes. Slack. No way. Screw that. I need my individual time. But here's the thing. No, though. Don't, like, so just said, like, okay, I asked him though. I asked him where he was going with that. And mm-hmm. we had a conversation and the buck stopped there. And I'm like, great. I hear you. I'm putting yourself myself in your position. I'm, I'm actually trying to understand where you're coming from. And that alone is 
would solve so many of the world's problems. And I'm not saying that I'm righteous and the best, and this is, I'm the fucking man that's here. What I'm saying is that that's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill that is being um, cloaked by today's black and white thinking that you, you look at people's that, Instagrams and you'll see, you'll see people that yeah. are just like selfie, 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 selfie. It's just a hundred percent selfies. Like what the selfie fuck with a little with duck face for the yeah. women. Look at all the clothes I wear. Look at the mask I wear every day. Look at how perfect my skin is. Look at the, yeah. you yeah. know, like it's Instagram, just, it's like, look where I've been. Look what I've seen. Look at this neat thing that I saw or look yeah. at, look at me. Utilize this piece of art, you know, that sort of thing. It's just selfies. Yeah. Here's, here's my face here. Here's my face there. Here's my face. That's all of society. So that being a microcosm of what yeah. you just said, it's like, you know, old Elisa would have been like, well, fuck, I'm going to bed then. And you just get up and leave. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Pouty. Pouty. Yeah. Right. And then you think, so here's the thing with those people, those people still exist and they also go to therapy and they're like, why are, why is my world falling apart? Why is everything shit? Because of the way you fucking see things because you're garbage. Now that might offend people, me calling them garbage, <laughs> but to the people that need to hear it, it sparks a fire under their ass. They're like, fuck, maybe I am garbage. Maybe I do have to do something. Maybe I do have to take accountability. Maybe I should step into this. But then there's those people who are perpetual victims that will say, fuck that guy. He doesn't know who I am. And then yes, you don't him. know me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. What's that, what's that saying? I do. You don't know me and you don't know my story. Whenever you hear that, yeah. it's dick. Dick and meth. It's always dick and meth. <laughs> Oh my god! You don't know okay, me. You well, don't know my story. It's dick, dick and meth. As as a coach who works in the mindset space, I'm sure you can attest to some of this too. When you're thinking about like, as you wake up and you start to understand thought and the frequency of thought and the frequency of whatever the fucking quantum whatever you're 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 expanding into space, like the frequency of space and sound and light and all of the things and matter. All of the um, things. Space and time. Um, Bosh. Where are you going with this? Um, okay. How do I want to say this? Okay. So. <laughs> do you know how many people who have heard me speak go, you're a coach and you talk with that tone? I'm like, I say things that shock people into making awarenesses. I say things that are funny. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. And I think I do too in my own way. But here's the thing. I yeah. was a person that went to therapy. I went to therapy for many years. I was on an SSRI for eight years. I had anxiety and depression. And I'm I'm saying that in my little weird voice because that's, doing the, that's what people told me and doing because that's what people told me that I was. And I believed them, yes. which is bullshit. It is not those things. I am not those things. I was not those things. I am now no longer taking those drugs and thriving so I went to therapy and I would go every week and I would sit there and I would t tell my story. I would say it over and over what and over. An I can't hour? remember. I, I want to say like 250 to 500. I can't remember. I was an actually hour? getting subsidized. I was getting subsidized through the National uh, Sports Center because I was an athlete when I started and they like subsidized us because I was a so your therapist. I'm just saying you, your therapist was cutting a 250 to $500 check per hour from listening to you bitch about your shit. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, and, and, and I'm, it's and wild. I'm not taking, I'm not taking the piss out of the importance of therapy because granted, there's a massive difference between coaching and therapy, which ladies and gentlemen, we will talk about because Alicia's doing something that yeah. I really want to draw attention to. Uh, there's a lot of people that can benefit from my work, uh, but there's, you know, it really all depends on whose message you're getting. Uh, and one of the people that I respect uh, with all of my being is this woman right here. So we're going to drive you guys uh, over to what she's up to uh, towards the end of the show. 
but um, yeah, back to that the coaching and therapy. Um, the therapist wants you to come back. The coach wants you to get results. And it blows my mind the, yes. the amount of money that people put into therapy. Like I've got right in my bio and I stand by it that I'm an anxiety remover and a depression remover because it's got nothing to do with meds. It's got absolutely everything to do with how you choose to perceive what it is that you're perceiving. Yes. Now there's a million yes. people out there that'll say, Hey, fuck you. You can't just take medication away from people. Yeah. And I'll yes. say this hundred percent. I say, I agree with that. I yes. can't. It's like, my, my disdain for the Western medical system. I have no use for any of your pills, says the guy that just went on a Percocet story. But I, I, I find that people that are, you know, a little bit older, uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, they have been so beaten by the food system, the crap that they've been putting in their body their whole lives while thinking that they're doing a good thing. You now become ingrained in the need for the medical system. So first they fed you the yes. poison, then they sold you the cure. And yes. To my generation and to kids younger than me, we're doing our best to be hyper aware of what we're putting into our bodies, which will eliminate the need for the Western medical system. Uh, hopefully. Yes. Right. So, I mean, do well, I, say I disagree. There's like, a, there's like um, the young, young people right now are like cutting body parts off of themselves. They're like totally getting, they're going beyond the. Uh, um, Only because they're they going to. into the extreme. Well, they're going into the extreme. Okay. So, but it, let me and just finish because, my point because yeah. I want to finish my point because therapy going in day after day and saying my story, talking about my struggles, saying my story, talking about my struggles, you struggle, struggle, struggle. The solution is this pill. It wasn't working. Going back, saying the story. What am I doing? What am I doing in those every single time? I have this idea that it's helping me, but what it is, is, is me projecting out my story of negativity, of, of victimhood, of, I have no control of, you know, better than I do. And so what's getting manifesting, what's coming back at me, what am I getting over and over is that same story right fucking back to me. It's the same with like people that are journalers. They journal all their woes. They talk about how fucked up their partners are and how fucked up their life is. And that's the energy and the frequency that they're putting out into the world every day, expecting that journaling is going to cure you. Fuck no. You need to be, if you want to be a higher version of yourself, you need to think like a higher version of yourself. You need to behave like a higher version of yourself. You need to be a higher version of yourself. And I don't even agree with the higher version of yourself analogy because you are you, no matter where the fuck you think you are, it's a perceived concept that there is a higher version of you out there because there's really not. You just have to remember who the fuck you are because you're already perfect. You're already a 10 out of 10. It's just your conditioned mind that tells you otherwise. Anyways, that was a side note, but like- it's oh, good. There- Therapy is, yes, it's essential and crucial for, it's a, I, I call it sort of like a, um, it's an entry point to, to this journey. Like a lot of, of people that I work with, for example, have gone through years of therapy and have had drugs and have done certain things. And then they realize, oh, I'm just tolerating this, this, uh, vibration for myself. I am tolerating this level of happiness and I'm, I'm coping. I'm literally coping. There's no root cause healing. There's no, 
real healing. Like sometimes you do feel like you've healed because you've released the burden of the story because you've been holding it in forever and you've never said those words out loud yet they're repeated nonstop in your mind. And so that can feel like a sense of healing. And, and for those people and for that situ those situations, I think therapy is huge. So I, I don't poo poo it. Actually, I think it's a it's, it's definitely a ring in the ladder for you to elevate your vibration and for your life and to like get more clarity, because everything we do is for clarity. It's for us, as you say. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Raising awareness is, is becoming aware. Bottom line, it's just becoming aware. Raising yeah, awareness. And you can't become aware. Yeah, you can't become aware reading about it. You can't become aware, uh, listening to stories like you and I are saying, of our becoming of what being aware. What these stories do like, for people is they make so, so you want they to make therapy. the journey more accessible. So when they start to when they start to go through it, they're like, "Oh shit, that's what that is. That's yes. what I think these stories do." But you can't become aware until you go through it. Nobody's you listening have to, to this do show the doing, and then just going, "Aha! Now through their experience, <laughs> I'm aware." No. Yeah. Well, maybe they are because that's that they've identified something as that there's now their enemy. I remember like they've, they've gone through that. I remember when I was quote unquote waking up, I remember, I remember not understanding nine 11. Like I remember, I remember ah. in, in 2021 or so in 2001, I had just broken my ankle. And so I was on the couch when the, when the planes hit and I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what I was looking at and people were like, well, yeah. it's naivety. And like at the end of the day, it was naivety. Cause I didn't understand my brain granted. I was on painkillers. So I was already seeing yeah. things through a different lens. Um, but my brain was looking at this going, this is a movie. This isn't, this isn't real. So it was at that moment in time that upon that awareness, I, I guess I disassociated what I believed reality to be because for oh, a brief moment, it made no sense what I was watching that people were dying all over the place. And you're watching this stuff and, you, and you're like, I'm just watching a movie. This is what literally just a movie. Fuck? And yeah. then they had all these camera angles of fuck immediately. They had all these camera angles of the guy on the ground and the plane up above. And they were showing constantly showing the repetition of the footage. Right. Nobody actually watched the planes hit the towers. Right. All we ever saw was the footage of it happening. And that's I don't know like, about that, because I think people saw the second one. I think people saw it. No. OK, that's just my that's. So that's that's like people the, just like when you when you when you wipe your ass with dry paper towel. Right. Well, how did I get here? Where am I? Everything that you think that, mm -hmm. you know, about World Trade Center right. was put into your head. Right. You're the same age as me. So you were you were of around the same age when. Yeah, totally. When you when it all fell to shit, you know, mm -hmm. but but so that was that was the beginning of the awakening for me, because now when you look back on it, you're like, mm -hmm. and now you're seeing things like they're trying to reiterate the story. They're like, oh, new found footage is showing up to debunk the stuff that they've already proven to be wrong. Right. There's there's a clip. It's a notorious clip of the plane hitting the towers. It's the clip that we've all seen a time and time and time again. Right. Like the moon landing clip. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and in this clip, if you really look at it, it's totally all CGI. The plane flies in, hits the tower and explodes out. So you're seeing the plane hit and then it automatically clips to a different angle and you're seeing the side of the building explode out. 
But when you watch, so that do you plane, think is what you're saying? Do you think that they blew up the buildings? I think that the buildings and were added in the plane. I think that the buildings were um, built originally to be blown up. To be blown up. Yeah, uh, and I think that 9/11 was a um, it was a ritualistic thing. Um, I know that the World Trade. Well, I don't know anything really, but the information that I yeah, right. gleaned. Um, said that the World Trade Centers were always, always at one-third capacity. And when you look at any picture of the World Trade Center from any time, any given time, if the sun's behind it, the entirety of that building looks empty. Anyone that's ever worked in the World Trade Center understood that the elevators went to a certain floor. So whatever elevator you got into only went to a certain group of floors. So you would go all the way up and yada, 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 and your offices would be here. And they also said that occasionally the offices overnight would be moved. So if you were, if your office was on the 13th floor, you know, they say, okay, well, you know, when you come in on Monday, you're going to the 27th floor because the office oh, is up on the 27th floor. So take whatever you want personally out of here. Cause we're moving to the 27th floor. Then they'll say things like, oh, it was rent. It was this, it was blah, 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 blah. So the world trade centers, when you really look at them, um, they were built to be destroyed. Uh, also, uh, the people that were supposed to be there the day before or whatever, um, a lot of the businesses said, don't come in today. So before 9-11, uh, anyone that was supposed to be there was called off. Granted, people died that day. Yes, because you, 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 when you implode yes. two buildings like that, three buildings, sorry, World Trade Center 7 uh, also was um, imploded. Um, when you implode a building into its own footprint, uh, there's bound to be debris. Now, the 20, the actual date, September 11th, was ritualistic. There's, there was something about it, you know? And we're supposed to believe a guy in a cave did all this, uh, and it was Osama bin Laden. When... Um, Osama bin Laden is... It was a, just Osama bin Laden. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. A dude in a cave. A dude in a cave. Now, Osama bin Laden is also Tim Osman, a CIA agent. It's the same dude. Oh. So, you know, you know, you can take a look at that for what it is now. Maybe I sound like Alex Jones. They're making the freaking frogs, guy. Right? But Tim Osman is Osama bin Laden. You can pull up a picture. Like, this is Osama bin Laden. Um. So, I mean, the story just doesn't make any sense. Now, they, the story, too, was like... A plane hit the Pentagon. You know, fuck, there's not a... Anyway, I wouldn't even get into it. But that was like a, a beginning of a wake-up call, right? So it's like, okay, well, this doesn't right. make any sense. So basically what I'm hearing you say is like you saw something in the news, you saw something, you heard the story, and it didn't make sense to you. I, I watched it. My body That's, said and no. And so then you started to... Yes, you watch it and your body said no. So people that are listening and thinking they disagree with you. They believe in the nine 11 situation and the narrative that was told that it's fine. If you, if that's what you think, it's fine. However, I would challenge you because like sometimes hearing things, like I've heard you sp say a few things in this podcast that give me that like, Ooh, feeling like I don't necessarily agree with it. Was and it the poop thing. The, and, and, and no, <laughs> I like, I love talking about poop. <laughs> that sounded weird. Sound bite, no sound bite. Okay. Um, <laughs> But That's I, the one that gets I used for the show. Pope. <laughs> Fuck. I like, there are some things like cues that my body, because I'm not fully 1000% with you on certain things. And I'm sure the same thing happens with me. So I'm sure the listeners are hearing me speak and say like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me. And listening to you speak. Oh, that doesn't make. Now it, when that happens, what I would do is challenge you to sit with that for a second and ask yourself, because what's happening is you're mindless. You're mindlessly disagree. Like, okay, the body feeling is a little bit different. But if you're just saying that's fucking bullshit, 9-11 was real. 
That is you being mindless. Being mindful would be like, oh, how did you come up with that? Talk to me a little bit about, like, understand, ask questions. Why do you think that way? Well, don't and get me started. I guess on, that's what we're on 9 11, Pearl Harbor, Black Tom. God, I can go right. on and, on and then, on about and, these false flags. And then separate yourself from the other person's point of view because you, they're not your, like if I, if you and I disagree on 9-11, for example, which I'm in the, I'm in the gray with 9-11. I, I have been asking questions because I'm unequivocally right. And you're wrong. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. I like, <laughs> I, I, I have this underlying, and I think you do too, this underlying, um, thought feeling that humans are not innately evil fuckers trying to fuck around However, I do have this. Did you watch Squid Game? No, I never bothered with that one. Okay. I watched Squid Game and I thought the show sucked. It was terrible. I did not like it. I kind of watched it because there was nothing on. Wasn't Squid Game the, it's the one about the, it's the military complex, right? So they take poor people to pay off their debts to go and kill other people, right? Which is the basis of all wars across the world. They they agree though to do it. The whole thing is they agree. And if you, if you win, you get a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, but I that's know. what war is. Exactly. So imagine World it's, War II. Yeah. You know, you're poor and dumb and you and you have money. No offense to the people that were in World War II because my grandfather was in it. They were all in it. They weren't dumb. Yeah. The brainwashing was ultra thick and brand new at those times. Because remember, before World War II, they had just introduced the television. So they had just introduced the mass brainwashing device that they put in people's homes to quote unquote unify yeah. the people. To make them to make oh my god our country's under attack. But they had right? theater, yeah, they had theaters there too, and they would say the news. You'd go to a movie and you'd watch ten minutes of the news and World War II in the movie yeah. theater. Propaganda. As well. like they, yeah. So these people got yeah, paid. There was propaganda. These yeah. people got paid to go to war, which is exactly what Squid Game is. Yeah. So basically, they just rehashed the story. So at the end of Squid Game, it was where I I found the whole thing interesting. Like it changed fucking everything for me. The whole thing I found to be fucking brilliant Mm -hmm. and the last scene spoiler alert spoiler is yeah um the guy who basically creates squid game he's old he's like an older man he's a gazillionaire multi-billionaire and someone goes up and asks him like why why would you do that why do you do this and he said because i because i'm bored I was guessing. But I yeah, have everything. Is. I have everything money can buy. Nothing like I, and this is what excites me. Yeah. And in that moment, I had like a, like a mind blast. And I was like, because people say there's no way that these people would ever do that. And well, do I'm thinking today. to myself now, they yes, today. they do. They do yeah. it. And because of that, like, I don't know why it took me squid game to fucking get that, but it, that's what that, that show fucking showed me, or at least allowed me the realization, the space to, to, um, learn the concept of that. Well, think about what you're doing right, right and, now. You're personally building a program. You're helping people. You're creating all kinds of amazing content. Like your fucking content is fire. I am entertained every nice, time I see you nice. put out a piece of fucking Instagram content. <laughs> Like whether you, you you know, whether you guys, you know, love Alicia or not, or want to work with her or not, like her content is enter fucking. (laughs) So, so think about this. Imagine I cut you a check for a hundred million dollars and I just said, here you go. I don't cash this till Wednesday. Right. Um, (laughs) 
would you still put out that content? And the answer is probably no. You'd probably be doing other things and you'd be, you'd be focusing on other things. Now, having that $100 million, you would probably do something with it, probably something philanthropic with it. Most people wouldn't, right? Yeah, so, I definitely would. So the idea behind the money, right? We think right now we're working for money and that we need money, but we don't. Yes. We need purpose. That's true. So your purpose right now is understanding and becoming. And to do that, you're utilizing every aspect of what you have to create. Therefore, all of your stuff is fire because you're trying and you're doing a good job and you're creating and you're entertaining yourself, you're entertaining mm. the masses. You're putting it all in there because that's who and where you are. You think or you could think or somebody thinks that you know we're doing this in hopes of pursuing or attracting money. But that's not true. I, I actually had that. I was attacked by someone that I... I'm close with who said, and I quote, um, I know you're trying to run a business here. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. She just, uh, what she did there when she said that was she showed me her program. I didn't She's take telling it personally. You. She's telling, telling you exactly me what she thinks. How sees, she yeah. runs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a similar thing where, where a lady who's like in love with me, was, was trying to get connected to me, but like my services, like she, she tried to connect me through my services and yeah. her and I had had a row with the, in the past. And I said, you know, like, I'm not, you have to understand that I'm not available. I'm not, I will help. I will help you create and I will help you do what you got to do. But, but romantically, I'm, I'm simply not available. Uh, so yeah. she tried multiple angles and, and then she's, you know, she, she puts out this fucking newsletter and in there she puts me on blast coerce or subversively. And I think to myself, like, you know, maybe, you know, I said, you know, 99% sure I'm, I'm reading past this, but there's that 1% that's like, she was talking directly to me and she had said something like, it's a shame when people you think are your friends are only using you for money. Right. And, and only using you under Ooh. the guise, under the, under the guise of, of business and money. And I said, yeah. I, I said to myself, she, it sounds like she's talking exactly about me because she wants something for me and I, I just want to help her. Right. Right. And, and but I you can see that since. twisted program. Yeah. Oh, you can see the yeah. twisted program. Yeah. I can see that. And I, and I look at that and I'm just like, it's, it's so atrocious that that victim, that woman is a victim of her circumstance. And because she didn't get what she wants from me, she thinks that me trying to help her with her business for a profit, because if you're good at something, you don't give it away for free, especially yep. to somebody you met on the internet as a client. Anyway. Yes. Um, you know, yes. so ev everyone will attack you, but see, here's the thing. Now, now we look at back at, at good and evil. Now we're like, who's good? Who's evil, right? This woman isn't good or evil. She's not a bad person. Right. She's not, she's exactly who she is. Does she fit in my yes. life? Not in the least. So what right. happens when I encounter her? I'm like, ooh, that's a, that's a touchy thing. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and move, move this way, right? So because of her, I navigate, right? I see her, I see her energy. And that's the thing. There's this, 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 this idea that, you know, once you see somebody's energy, there's multiple people with the same energy. So you navigate towards which energy you do and don't like. And, and that's the kind of thing where that energy keeps resurfacing in my life. And I'm like, I wonder what I need to learn from this. And, but that's what I would call freedom. That's freedom to me to be able to detach from the noise in that way. Like to be able to see the per program and like not take something personally, not, not have your mood and your, your internal dialogue be at the mercy of what someone else thinks of you. That is freedom to me. I just, yeah. I just chuckle oh. a little bit. I, I can't, I can't worry about what people think of me because, because I'm controversial because I, I stand for, 
here's the thing. I stand for something without standing for anything. Right. And the thing that I see you do, and for, you even said, you even said, I don't know any, you're talking about 9 11, and you said, I, I don't even know anything about this. Yeah. And that is what makes you a, like in the 2%, in the 5%, because you're willing to acknowledge that you know fucking nothing, nothing. and nobody stand, actually knows anything. And that's why you're mindful. Yeah. It's not you're a hill I'm to die on, you know? You're mindful. You, you, you talk about shit that no one wants to talk about. You ask hard questions. You make people think in a different way. Your oh, your view on world always makes sense. It it it's not. It doesn't not make sense. And that's the thing. You're not. It's not a pet peeve. You're not just annoyed by something that someone said. You're saying real fucking things that are making people think in a different way. And that is like you're like, that's because you are the observer of your program. Yeah. Most of the time. For the most part. Yeah. I'm sure there are moments where you go mindless as there are for me. I'm not above the phenomena. I definitely, when I'm cleaning up, like, yeah. And as soon as I feel the trigger or I open Instagram and get the, and get the tweet rising my blood pressure, that's when I am able to turn it fucking on. And then I detach from that instead of having a tweet literally ruin my day. In fact, I lost a friend of 30 years because I said something that to her that triggered her so fucking hard. And she came at me and said, you ruined my whole fucking shift at work. I was walk going into work and you ruined my shift at work. I didn't do anything. My response to that would have been, you're welcome. Yeah, I did nothing. I actually, if I was to play the whole scenario again, honestly, I would probably have showed up in the same way, done the same thing, but because she misinterpreted what I said and didn't ask me, oh, where did you come up with that? Why did you say it that way? And go a little deeper into the context of what I said. She took two points, drew a straight line between them and her whole shift was ruined. Imagine how many times in your life, your whole day is ruined because someone did something or said so, something that you disagreed with. If you've like, got a that friend is of 30 fucking... years that's willing to fucking fall down like that, that's on you. Yeah. You should have unloaded her a yeah. long time ago. Right. And these are the things you know, that we don't I, do. I understand that. Now. Well, I understand that now. I get that. I see that in a different way. And it took me the living through that experience. Like I, that's the thing. Like people can say, Oh, they're really not your friends. These aren't your friends. They're not your real friends. And that's the theory of it. That's the written word. That's the thing that we're hearing in this podcast right now. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're just hearing the story of it. I had to go through it, the experience. And thankfully I have people in my corner. I have coaches of my own. I have mentors of my own. I have friends of my own that I can actually dissect and diagnose some of these things so that I can see it in a different way because I wasn't taught that way. I had to go through it to understand that way. If that makes sense. You were also probably, well, you were, I know uh, your backstory. Um, You were pushed into, not pushed into Olympics, but you were pushed to be the best. Therefore, it was yes. best. It was in your best interest if everybody liked you. So the people that you deemed "quote unquote" important, it was it was important for you to create an image of yourself that that resonated with them, that allowed you to stay in their good graces while not being, you know, basically while still being in control, being the second mouse. Mm, mm, and yeah, that's that. What happens with that is is you know we find ourselves in a situation like like your friend. You know, you ruined my whole shift. My my actual answer to that would be like, it's a shame that you gave up your power so easily. 
you know? Right. And, and yes. people don't want to take, people don't want to take that. People, people don't want to hear that. And like, how dare you do something to me and then blame me? That's victim blaming. I'm like, no, if you want to be no. a victim, then you're a fucking yeah. victim. It's Wear that me. fucking hat, yeah. bra. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Dave Chappelle made that joke um, about a police officer. He's like, well, you know, don't dress like a cop if you don't want to, if you don't want to be, if you don't want to be asked for help. He was talking about whores, you know, don't dress like a skank if you don't want to be accused of being a skank type of thing. Right. To which people right. are like, well, don't victim shame. Dave Chappelle's like, I'm out here victim blaming everybody. Right. Because why not? Because who said I can't yeah. blame the victim, you know? And I'll tell you this, every single perpetrator was once a victim themselves, but nobody wants to have that conversation either. Right. right. So, I mean, there are so many layers that people can go into and they can get offended. They can do all this sort of stuff. But if anyone was offended by any of this episode so far, you know, you got another, you know, we, we, you got, you, you've got yeah. you to blame for that because this whole yes. conversation, this whole conversation, both of us was, was, you know, we're having a conversation with a, a slight smile on her face, just talking about general <laughs> random shit, you know? It's true. I'm like, I'm like literally. And that's the thing too. The power of being the observer and being mindful is that. Okay. I, I read, have you ever read the four agreements? Of course. By it's, Don it's Miguel a, Ruiz. It's a book that I, it's a Bible I for you to anyone yeah. that is at the very beginning <laughs> of their self-awareness and self-diagnosis and self, self, uh, progress journey, love journey. You yeah. <laughs> need to get the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, right? And the number one agreement, if you take it's so good, if you take nothing from any of this, the number one agreement is is the is literally a one rule Bible. Take nothing personally, and yeah. once you do that, life becomes wide open. Take nothing wide personally. open. He so his work has been really influential in my work as well he, he like i read that book i resisted it forever my mom really? told me to read it and you know like when your mom yes oh, i, I was you like you resisted struggling. the information no i resisted reading it i didn't even open the fucking page i i had the book for like years and then i was like eh. i actually went to the dominican republic with my ex-husband which we should talk about um and i opened it on the beach i was hung over a shit and i literally was blasted into a new realm of thinking. And I literally read it back to back, cover to cover 10 times in a row. Mm -hmm. I, and every time I read it, I heard and absorbed something different. And I just found the whole thing to make the most sense ever. And that was kind of like one of my uh, awakening to my own power. I, I didn't wake up to the political polarization and the scamdemic type of things like that, but I woke up to something in myself and it was very powerful. So one of the things that Don Miguel does is he, and this is a really cool thing. So it's, it's, a, it's actually a symptom um, of conflict within like, of, of, it's a sign of growth to me when someone comes at you, you see the program running in them yes, and you can't help, but laugh a little bit. And the only and you, people and you think it's funny. The only people that are actually coming at you for you to observe are the people that reflected your very identical programming. You used to be oh, yeah. them, right? So uh, nobody's yes. going to come at you and be like, I can't believe you don't like meatballs on your spaghetti. Right? But that's why it's funny yeah, because it's you, you see it now and it's then it's you. funny. So like, yes. Mm -hmm. yes, it's you and you see it. And, and so like, so, <laughs> sometimes 
like I burst out laughing when I, and I don't mean to, it's like literally hilarious. And he talks about the the reasons why in the book, or maybe it's in a different book, but uh, he's written a few books, all fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting thing that when you start e. to see it, you think it's funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, blowing your mind. I'm on a TO from reading self-help books right now. I want to just sort of like, Oh, stop self-help altogether. Self-help, oh, self-help only brings you to a certain point. Um, so yeah, I don't I'm read self-help so, books. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. there, there are a few. What's the the self-help books? The, but, there are, but, there but are two the four self-help books that I recommend. Self-help, the, the, the Four Agreements is a self-help book, though. I'm just saying, like, if you haven't read it, read it 100 fucking percent. So, and yeah. I just like, there I'm are two. Like, there are yeah, two what, books what's the other one? that I will always recommend as self-help. And self-help is um, third dimensional. How do I become a right. better version of a third dimensional me? So the yeah. four agreements isn't necessarily self-help because it helps you become a, a fifth dimensional version of yourself, but it is Got a third it. dimensional book. So, uh, the Toltecs, right? So they, they had, yeah, wisdoms, the they had wisdoms beyond themselves. Now the two books that I will always recommend as self-help, uh, well, actually three compound effect, Darren J. Hardy for anyone that wants to do biz- better business. Um, the, um, uh, what's, who's it by compound Darren, effect by who? Darren J. Hardy. Okay. Um, I'm writing this down. Yeah, the the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, and um, the Art of Exceptional Living uh, by Jim Rome. Those books will change the way you view yourself and money and the third dimension. So those are the only three self help books. There may be one or two others that I can, that, you know, whatever. But see, I don't read self help anymore because I don't need self help. I yes. read philosophy and I read spirituality and I read uh, existentialism and I read beyond. And yeah. these are the things that, that uh, you know, Maureen St. Germain, um, uh, Frederick E. Dodson, uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, all of these guys that that sort of dive into a, a more spiritual realm, uh, fascinate the absolute ever-loving shit out of me. Um, but you also live those principles in some way, shape, or form. You're not just reading for the entertainment and the knowledge. You're, you, you actively participate in, in, and doing those things in your life and incorporating these yeah. skills, like yeah. body, mind, soul. Yeah. You're not just reading because there's a difference between knowledge and knowing the knowledge is reading the book and the knowing is the doing. And I've used this example. I feel like I fucking did it on the last podcast. It's like, I can t- teach you. I can tell you all the books. I can show you all the books on how to swim. I can make you a PhD in swimming through books, but what would happen if I fucking pushed you in the water and you've never swam before? If I pushed you in the deep end, What's going to fucking happen? Well, you might sort of flail around. You might fucking drown. Like, who knows? It's like literally a 50 You're not doing the doing. You're just reading about it. So there's a difference between knowledge and knowing. So I think the difference with you as you are reading these fascinating things is you apply them in your life and you live through them because that also gives you a lot of evidence of consequence of act of your action, the consequences of your action. And you're testing yourself. You're fucking sober for six years and you have a beer and you're testing yourself. Like yeah. this is what you did when you did that. You were like, you are expand. I, I see that as an expansion. Now, if you have to retract a little bit to expand further, fucking a rights like this, but people that is such a, that's a concept that's so beyond the, the surface level of most people, you call it third dimension, that they have to project their worries onto you and their 
lived experience, like their shit onto you. And then, it, and then blah, 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 blah. But the, pro- which the, is why I never tell people to do what I'm doing. I just tell them that right. I'm doing it. Right. And if you, if people will be like, <sighs> yeah. oh, okay, so, so this is, this is what you're doing. So if I lead by example in this state, then I'm okay in this state. Now there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, well, you know, you don't have 12 cars and 18 houses. Why would I listen to you? I'm like, well, because that's third dimensional shit. So if you're out here trying to make all the money in the world, I'm not down with that. If you're out here trying to change lives, I am down with that. And the result of changing lives is earning money, right? I don't need money. I want it because it's part of the game. It's like, I don't need, uh, or I don't think about air, but I need it. You know, without it, things are a little bit more awkward. (laughs) That's so true. Like I'm not out here trying to earn air. I'm out here trying to fucking live a life, right? And that's the thing. And then there are so many people that are going to tell you, well, I've fucking, I've got seven kids and and, you know, I got a job at Walmart and, you know, life just doesn't work that way for me. I'm like, well, you made choices in your life that gave you seven kids and a job at Walmart. Right. This is yeah. the position that you put yourself in. So way back in the day, well, well I yeah, yes, and yes, and they were put in that position and they continued along that path. Because when you're a kid growing up, you're not, you don't have you don't have control over what program you get. Maybe you do. If you chose the body and you believe in that you're coming down to learn a lesson and have a human experience, whatever the fuck Miss, you want. Soul to contracts, soul right. agreements, soul contracts, whatever. Okay. You fine. Agreed to it. So if, if you agreed to come into your body, then your human form, your human brain is, you don't have control per se as to how that that is programmed. For example, if I grew up in the 1500s, Okay. So not in 2020, uh, not in 1981, when I was born, if I was born in the 1500s, would I think and have the same beliefs today? Like then when I was 42, then as I do now, when I'm 42, the the absolute truth to that is fuck no, because women weren't educated. I would have been burned at the stake probably in my twenties. And like the, the thoughts and beliefs of the time were so much different. And that's the program that was running back then. So that's what I would have learned. Actually, if for example, Actually, yeah. the program that you just described is one that was programmed into you through your indoctrination camps, i.e. school. Sure. So sure. if you were Absolutely. born in the 1500s, so, so fair. there's a high likelihood that you would have been the high priestess because every single thing that they ever told us was asked backwards and ruined everything. Right? Now, did okay, it ruin so let's, or let's, did it create? It created. So now, let's take an example of today, though. If there's a person, if there's me that grew up in Canada, born May 12th, 1981, if there was an equal person that was born in China or North Korea on May 12th, 1981, would we have the same beliefs about life? The answer is fuck no, no, because they would have been programmed one way and I would have been programmed another. So my point is that you, when you're born you're, for your formative years, your brain is being programmed and you don't have the choice to decide the program. The difference is, is when you become an adult, what you do is you continue to build on your existing program as opposed to actually fucking being mindful and saying, wait a second, that doesn't work for me. Wait a second. I don't want to live my life this way. I don't, I deserve more money. Like the whole concept. And I think we may have talked about this before, but I I saw a meme because I'm working on my money mindset and I have been for a few years. I'm waking up to the money mindset, which is fucking fascinating. But the whole analogy of like, if you give a, a, um, what do you call a poor man? There's a poor man's mindset and a rich man's mindset, for example. Yes, that's polarized. Yes, it's black and white. But if you give a poor man a thousand dollars, 
Oh no. If you give a rich man a thousand dollars, he'll come back with 10,000. If you give a poor man a thousand dollars, he'll come back with an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that broke, that was one of those aha moments that opened the door for me to understand my mindset around money in a different way. We all sort of get these little hints and whispers and triggers, and we can do something about it, like explore it and stay mindful by saying, Ooh, that's interesting. How did you come up with that? What does that mean? And where I ended up going with this is like people that have a fucking lot of money do not follow the system of making money that I was taught. They do not think the way that I think about money. Yeah, nobody... They think differently. Well, that's the thing about and, you know, and- people think, you know, poor people, us included, used to believe that rich kids got rich because their parents had money. Well, that's yeah. not really true. You know, rich kids get rich because of because the ideologies that the parents handed yes. down to them. And that's, yes. the, you know, that, that there was a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Kiyosaka, that, yes. that a lot of love people that love. Guy. Right? So, yeah, I love that guy too. I think it's really interesting what he has to say. Yeah. Now, um, I look at all this sort of stuff and I think to myself, you know, I, I, sort, of, I sort of think, I don't want to say I think above it, but I think that there's more to it. And okay. you know, that's what's fascinating to me is, is you said about you and uh, somebody born in North Korea, right? The yeah. only thing that you know about the girl that's born in North Korea is what we know about North Korea. So the information that was given to us about North Korea could be wrong, but it yes. also has to exist. North Korea has to be the bad guy so that America could be the good guy. Right. Yes. So, you know, all the news that we may or may not think that's getting out of North Korea, you know, whatever it is. The same with Okay, Cuba. then let me take this even let me take this even further then. Why is it that you can have two women born in the same town on the same day or within the same week, the same year, whatever, in the same grade, growing up in the same school, with the same economic status, the same beauty level, the same body type, the same goals and aspirations, and Reality one of them becomes creation. successful and the other one doesn't? Exactly. Yeah. It's the program running in your how they grew up thinking and believing there's an analogy that i've that i've heard on that same vein that i actually it it, this is one of those ones that changed my life a long time ago because you think inside your head that everything that you do is right right but there was yeah uh, you wouldn't do it there was there was a story about twin brothers so identical twins right and their father was an abusive alcoholic so the, the the twins now are 30 years old and one of them is a ceo and the other one is an absolute drunk in the gutter because their father was an abusive alcoholic when interviewed the CEO, he said, how did you get here? And he said, well, my dad was an abusive drunk uh, and I needed to step up. What choice did I have? I had to do something. And he became a CEO. When they interviewed the, the brother, the 30-year-old other brother that was a drunk in the gutter, they said, well, how did you get here? And he said, well, my father was an abusive drunk. Um, and you know, what choice did I have? So they've told the identical story from the identical upbringing of the identical past of identical twin brothers. I love that. Yes. But one made a different choice. So every single thing, and this goes back to that woman that's got seven kids in Walmart that I was speaking on earlier, right? She can say to me that you're talking shit because I can't get out of this rut. And I could say to her, give me one year with you and I can get you out of that rut because it's just simply a matter of new information, new knowledge. If you want more, go and do it. You know, if you have a thousand dollars, don't buy an iPhone, buy information, right? Understand, learn, comprehend, figure out how to day trade. Start with 10 bucks, 20 bucks, take $10 per, per paycheck. 
yeah. and just start investing now because the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. Second best time is right now. Anyone yes. can get out of any situation if they want to. What you'll find is most people don't want to. Most people want to be victims because they don't know who they are without being able to dis to be able to associate with it. It's now so I would say so. let's hard stop there because there's a few other questions that I want to ask you. Now you've brought up the yeah, marriage okay. thing, and I didn't know you were yeah. married. All the things. Yeah. So when did you get married? I got married in 2008. Shame. Uh, I it, I was 26 on my wedding day. I actually turned 27 on the honeymoon, and um, it's a really interesting story. I've talked about it at length in in various um, modalities, if you will. And here's basically what happened: when I missed the Olympic Games in 2006, I was dating this particular man. I don't really talk about him because I talk shit about him. So I don't really say his name just out of, you know, respect, whatever, yeah. but people that know who he was, whatever. Do I so know? he, or I did you meet him don't think so. Okay, good. I met him outside of school and outside of like, yeah, no. Um, so he, um, was, I was at a very, um, promiscuous part of my life when I was an athlete. Uh, I mean, I was fucking ripped. I was the best in the world. I was traveling around. I was like sponsored. I was a big deal. I was winning gold medals. Third dimensional and... ego. Look at me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was like, Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was this charismatic, hot athlete. He was a hockey player. He played in the uh, OHL, um, super good baseball player. Like he was all these things like you guys were destined so, to be a power couple. Oh yeah. And then when I missed the Olympics in 2006, I just downward spiraled into a very bad place. Um, gained almost a hundred pounds in one year. I refused. I actually made a vow that I would never do another squat again. I was like, fuck working out. I, Cause I worked out for a living. It was a grind. It was militant. Like to be the best in the world requires so much fucking hard work. I and I just that. like gave up on myself and everything else. I don't like, want to so, be the best in the room. <laughs> so so um i was dating this guy and he just sort of um showed up as this knight in shining armor sort of to catch me as i fell into the well and the problem is that he was sort of saved me from myself as i was crashing and burning uh from the olympics so um the, the there was a time where I was like very much in love with him and that, and I, I was very much, um, I thought he was like a soulmate person because I will give him credit. He, he did catch me. I was a disaster, a shell of a human. I have a it's question really about that too. You mm -hmm. said you put on a hundred pounds in a year. Yeah. Like how much fucking dedication did that take? Oh, it took ramen noodles three times a day and six to 10 Smirnoff ice. I drank. I fucking ate processed garbage. I punished myself. I was in full denial. I punished myself with food. I started smoking cigarettes. I was drunk. I was numbing. I was just trying to cope with the loss of my identity because that's what it was. I lost my identity. I, I thought I was going to be an Olympian. Oh, and yeah. so yeah. I, and then when that was gone, I was like, well, who the fuck am I? If I'm not an Olympian, who am I? And I didn't know. And I didn't have any skills that I have now per se. Like I, I did. And 
they were they were buried under this this cloak of shame and failure and so so the first which then piece, later became the fuel to who you are now the fuel to your right fire, exactly which, so which people don't understand when they're going through it it's like fuck yeah the reason I went through that is so that I can help others go through it too. And you said the same thing earlier and it just resonated so deeply because I went through that because so many people go through it and don't know how to do it. I mean, I didn't do it through it alone. I also had someone helping me. That and, brings me back to what I was going to talk about like two hours ago, which okay, was the what? happiest people on earth. Yeah. The, the happiest people on earth. Like I said, you know, you said to, you said your content, your, your counter to that was you're pretty happy. I'm like, yeah, but I had to go through hell to get here. Yes. And there are some people and every single healer that I know has gone through hell. Um, yes. So there are some people that, um, uh, that never had to go through that, that they wake up every single morning and everything is bliss and they're super happy and they smile every single day and mm-hmm. they go and they get their case of Coors Light and they go home and they pet their dog and they're happy with their wife. And you know, they're living in, in, I don't, I don't want to say squalor, but they're living in exactly what they want. Nice two bedroom, They've got themselves, you know, a 15 year old car. Uh, the guy's good with his hands. Uh, the woman's good with people. Uh, they don't ask any questions. They don't demand anything of anybody. They just simply are. And they just smile mm-hmm. and they're happy and they go to bed. And then one day they die. And yeah. those people. And are what like, do they like, think on their deathbeds? Like, I wish I did this. I no. wish I had that. I no, wish I did this. You don't think? You these think people, there's people that just people, live happy lives? These people yeah. die and they say to themselves, I did good. I'm dead. Did good. You know, I, left, go. I left my kids 20, 30 grand. I did good. Well, I definitely didn't choose this vessel to come to earth to just do good. Yeah. I'm definitely. Oh, I'm not, I, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying the happiest people I've ever met are, you know, they've never had to question any of this shit. Okay. You know, that's okay. kind of where I was going with that. Anyway. So, so back to what you were saying with. The- okay. So, um, push comes to shove. I created this reality of shame and guilt and failure. And I got really unhealthy, really fucking fast. And I chose to marry a partner who affirmed that. So he was mentally and physically sexually abusive. He was, um, he robbed me of hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe not yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars. He, um, was a master manipulator. And I taught, I tolerated it. I felt as though the way he treated me, here's the thing. I treated myself so poorly, so poorly, my inner dialogue, my inner thoughts were so negative and so bad that I didn't even hear how I like, I didn't, I was pulling him in because he spoke to me in the, that way as well, but I didn't hear it as, as, um, him being an asshole because I was tolerating it because I was worse in myself. It was worse in myself. So we only really like see the abuse when it goes beyond that, which we do to ourselves. Exactly. And yeah. So I, I was, I really was tormented in my mind and in my body and in my soul. And I, I married him and I, um, basically what happened was one day I woke up and I went to the bathroom like I always do in my automated way, just and I looked at myself in the mirror. And for the first time, I did not recognize the person looking back. Mm-hmm. And I heard a voice in my mind, which I would, if I was to to describe it, I would describe it as my soul, my intuition. It was like not shit together, not my thinking. Yeah. It was, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. 
That's that's basically what it was in like the clearest of day messages. And I was like, whoa, like who the fuck are, are you? And I was like, whoa. And just for a minute, I sort of had detached from the story of failure. I just like had this relief moment, this aha, this epiphany of like, holy fuck, I'm the one doing this. Yeah. Okay. So I had that, that like connection, like I am in control. This is, I am choosing this. I had that like feeling. And then of course I, the thinking mind, the ego, the protector, the thing that keeps you safe, the one that like keeps you looping in comfort zone or whatever you want to call it started piping up and saying like, Oh, well you did this happened and this happened. It's yap, 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 yap. Justify here, deny here, be, you know, and are you in control of that voice right now? Um, of the, of the tyrant of like the ego. Do you, do you, do you still have it is what I mean? I absolutely have it. Uh, and not only do I, 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 I don't know what like Eckhart Tolle or other people say when they absolve the ego, the only re point of reference I can actually sort of like <sighs> sense that it's real and achievable is when I've been fucking high as shit on psilocybin going through like a macro dose of, of magic mushrooms where Which is the next topic dissolves. I want to get into. Yeah. So I have had that feeling not on my own, not through Kundalini yoga, not through deep meditation. The voice comes, but it's so far away and silent that like I can turn it up if I want to. And am I the victim sometimes? Yeah. Like I, I started to victimize myself. If we really want to go there on the couch last night with the fucking foot massage, that voice turned up and I can acknowledge that it's there. And then I, then like the awareness practice, the observer sort of zooms out and puts things into perspective. So my ability to not take it personally and to like, not listen to that voice as the deciding as the determiner determiner of my decisions has been, it's an ongoing process for me. It's a magical process. I fucking love it. But yeah. So like the, the yapper happened super so crazy. Just remember that getting that rid of it isn't the purpose. Right. right. I, 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 Being I, on the journey. I'm happy that you said that. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy so, that you said that. And you were saying, you don't know how people handle it or, or what it looks like for me. What it looks like is that dude is still there, but inside yeah. my head, the three of us are standing side by side. Right. And that right. is, you know, that is your gut brain, your brain brain, and your heart brain, or your self, higher self, ego, id, higher self, or father, son, holy spirit, or holy trinity. Yeah. Any way you want to look at it, there are three of you inside. All, all the same. All we just chill. All. So yeah. Um, so back to the the X. So I I was married for a year. I'm part of the one year marriage club. I had that wake up moment. And then I started asking questions in a different way. I started to see my life in a little bit of a different way. It was like the, the, you know, like the graph that you see, like two steps up, two steps, one step back, like that, like sort of growth. That's exactly what it took for me or what happened in my life. Like I would have these epiphany moments and then like fall right fucking back in the hole. I'd wake up and then I'd fall right back to sleep. I'd be mindful and then I'd be mindless. And like all of these things were happening like a yo-yo for me. Ooh, look at your background. I like that. <laughs> My camera just died. So I'm like, oh shit. I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm also just playing with the features of the other camera. Okay. Um, so yeah. So anyways, I, uh, I figured out that I was attracting a monster because I was a monster. 
Yeah. I was pulling in this and he served that purpose perfectly. And then I healed and right. it was over and it was done. So in the past, I've talked about all the ways that I blamed and shamed him. He cheated on me. Um, I made him the bad guy. I made him the enemy. I'm the good guy. I saved myself all of these things just to make me feel better to appease the yapper, the ego in me. And I like ultimately just, yeah, I, I ultimately just leveled up my vibration. I started to pay attention to what I'm paying attention to. And then in that space could create choice. Then I could see what I was choosing and what I was not choosing. And I could see that when I had opportunity to grow, when I had opportunity to make more money, to go on a trip, to choose a mentor, to, uh, I don't know, even fucking start eating healthier. There is, there was always something that would stand in my way to hold me back from the next big yes in my life. And so I stayed sort of in this fear comfort zone of like, I knew that I was the the one who controlled my, my life. I knew I was the decider, the one driving the bus, but there was a ceiling and I was hitting it. Does that make sense to you? 100%. Yeah. I, it, it, there was a big ceiling. Yeah. Because you come across this, um, this, uh, I want to say like third dimensional wall. Right. But then when you realize that, you know, once we're done with the blame game, your husband existed exactly as he needed to exist to get you to where it is that you're going. Mm -hmm. And Mm. that's, you know, that's huge. You know, it sucks that he did what he did, but because of it, you know, you stepped up. In other words, if your husband, imagine your husband was the perfect guy that you thought he was and he was kind and courteous and he quietly kept enabling you. Eventually you'll eat yourself to death because he was so kind and he never made you think that you needed more for yourself. Ooh. So that's, that's where you, you, you venture down another path where you're now 300 pounds and you're in a fucking rascal and you're wearing a face mask and you're demanding everybody gets vaccinated because it's healthy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm leading the body positivity movement because I'm, determined to be recognized as healthy yeah so <laughs> for my choices were you broken when you were an olympian no were you no, broken no. when you weren't an olympian no no are you broken right now no no and this these are the things that that we don't allow ourselves to to fully comprehend we don't we you know we have to beat ourselves up we have to be either our own victim or there has to be something in our story that that alters the way we do what we do and that's why I say, like, when you really break it down, like the, the idea of good and evil, there isn't, your husband is not a bad guy. Your husband yes. existed exactly as he did, as he existed to get you to where you're going. Right. And then and what the idea, have? yes, we yes. still have media telling us that, you know, remember MTV cribs and fucking pit my ride and, and all of these people that have all of this money and we have Instagram and we have all this stuff. Yeah. Everybody living a perfect life. Like I remember um, you and I were talking last time I went through um, your Instagram and you've got those pictures of you uh, out in the jungle, right? And you post that stuff and and it's like, anyone can look at you and go, this bitch has it fucking made. Look at her naked ass in the jungle, you know, just having the time of her life with a photographer, living, living the ultimate dream. Meanwhile, 
you're the one in the photos going, my life is fucking not what I want it to be. Everything. I look fat in that photo. I look old. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite memes that I saw recently was I wish, I wish I was the size I was when I thought I was fat in high school. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, that'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's so fucked how our, our, our mind evolves with the times it thinks you're never enough. It thinks, okay. So that like, so like the ex-husband story is kind of like over and it's interesting because the, it brought you here. You know how, I only asked that question because I never knew you were married, but you know, being married yeah, for a yeah. year, it's like, well, I don't have any reason to know that, but I mean, like it was just one of those things. I'm like, I just don't remember it ever coming across in anything that we've ever talked about. So I, was I feel so it. detached from it. And I think that's a well, sign of growth. You. I think it's a sign of forgiveness and forgiving myself because to forgive is not to forget. It's to detach from the situation, to not take it personally. And I no longer take that personally. I no longer see him as the enemy. And in fact, it's interesting because I saw him. him. I don't trash talk him. I don't fucking gossip. I don't tell the story as often anymore. I mean, I do because I do work with women who are going through separation and I want them to know. You have to tell the story as part of, of, here, look, ladies, this is what I went through and this is what you can do as well. But it's not not like a, fuck you, fuck this. This is an AA, we hate men meeting. Like, fuck that. No. And it's interesting. I've told the story a lot. So like people that listen to my show would have heard me say this story. But like, if you think about the animal kingdom, like an antelope getting fucking chased after by a cheetah or a leopard running for its life, getting chased by a fucking dragon. What happens when that antelope gets away from from a predator, from a severe life-threatening fear fucking instinctual like i'm gonna fucking die situation the antelope gets away it yes it goes to a watering hole it fucking shakes it off and continues to be an antelope okay humans on the other antelope died. and and repeating that story what humans do is that that's what we need to do. We need to repeat the fucking story. We carry that fucking weight on our backs for 50 years. It it controls everything that happens to us from that point forward. That's the way our brains work. And the more you can detach from that and zoom out and pay attention to the programming of your mind, of your body, of your soul, then you can start to put more and more space. And in that space, you can see choice. And in that choice, you can start to play around with what, like you might not choose the fucking best decision sometimes with things. And if you can observe yourself in those and understand, oh, oops, oopsie and instead of oh i'm a fucking loser i'm always a failure this always happens to me like the things that we say say like oopsie what's another way i can look at this how can you be mindful in this situation how can you see this new instead of taking all the old shit and pulling it forward into your today because that's not what's happening in this moment like this moment is different now and you're through it it's over and yet you're choosing to bring it into your moment and it fucking is toxic poison you're choosing to relive your own pain and you're asking yes. people why. Yeah. Yes. And, Absolutely. and the, and to be able to acknowledge that you're choosing is a huge sign of growth. It does not mean you're going to know what to do with that because like, that's what happened to me. I'm like, okay, well now what I understand I'm fucking choosing this now. What? 
Cause I don't know what the fuck to do because you know, like it's, it's scary shit to like branch out and do something. And that was when I started to do that. Oh, okay. So then I started dating someone else. I did him for five years who I, and I don't talk about this very often for the same reason. There's no shame around it. There's no blame around it. But I fell in love with a man who told me that he was divorced. Okay. And it turns out he was married with a child, lived in the house in a different province. He had like one of, it was one of those situations. And I dated him for five years publicly. He would ask me not to post on Facebook because his ex-wife would get offended um, and, or he didn't want to rub it. He was like, he's just like, just cause Facebook was just starting back then. Like think, think 20, yeah, 2009. 2007. Yeah. 2008. Um, back when men can get away with that shit or people, yeah. people. I'm not going to man shame here, but see, that, yeah. that's another step too. Like that's how you felt about yourself to date a married man. Exactly. Right. And so I ignored the signs. People are like, how did you, how did you do that? Oh, well it's fucking easy. You live in a mindless day. You yeah. are you literally, I, I understand now how that happens at such a deep level. And, and I also have a new found definition or experience of denial and how powerful denial is, how powerful our justifications are. You will justify anything if it makes you feel safe and loved Yeah. in that moment, even and if it's horrendous. Too, on top of that, like your future self, like there's a version of you right mm -hmm. now that could look back on what you did back then and really judge yourself. So really yeah. reassert the pain uh, based on today's knowledge. How did I let that happen five years ago? But as you were going through it five years ago, you had less information than you've ever had and you're yeah. in that spot now. So the only way that, you know, what we tend to do now is judge ourselves. We judge ourselves now based on then. So a lot of people are still hating themselves for shit that they did 20 years ago. Yeah. And but I, and that's do that. That's prison to me. Yeah. That's being in prison. Yeah. And that's what the work of intuitive awareness of being mindful of being the observer does for me. Like that's freedom. So I don't think about those people. I don't even fucking think about it. I, it's so, it's not like I'm a beyond it's beyond me or below me. It's just done. Gone. It's, it's over. Yep. It's done. And now I'm here. So that like, those relationships showed me my pattern. Okay. Then I dated a guy for one year who was, he was actually great. And in the course of the year, I started to, no, I started to see, this is a short story though. He's a good person, but I started to see his wounds and how I was pulling him in. And I was like, oh, this is the same guy. He looks different. He sounds different. Different name. Different he has face. a different job. Same dude. Yep. Same fucking guy. This is not about them. It's about me. I'm the fucking problem. And that yeah. was like a. You are okay? the one common denominator in your entire life. It's yes. always you. It's always fucking me. So I was like, I'm going to be single indefinitely. I did kind of what you did. I didn't say I'm going to set out on a three year like single. Yeah, no, I just, I it was just, it was just a fucking 30 day detox that started me off. That's all it was. <laughs> exactly. For everything. And I'm like, I just got to calm the fuck down on all this shit. And That's by day exactly 60, I gave up cigarettes. Yeah. I gave up, you know, everything, everything yeah. was by day six. Amazing. And then I was like, I gotta, I gotta get rid of these women too, because I'm choosing the, the, the worst ones for me. And you fucking know it. And you know what people, I, I really believe 
that when people are choosing those lower vibrational things, when they're, and I, and I personally, all the superficial stuff, I personally feel like buying a $300 pair of jeans, getting Botox, changing your face, um, cutting off your breasts, um, you know, these types of things that people are telling you are going to give you the thing you want. They're going to make you feel good and confident. That's bullshit. I think it's, it's, it's not that it's never that thing. And that is why you do the thing. You might feel good for a moment, but it doesn't sustain itself. We're going to hear in like five, 10, 15 years, the amount of victim, not, not victim mentality, but the amount of people that are going to come out and say, I can't believe I fell for that narrative. I hope so. And I think though, that people are starting to wake up. They're like, Oh fuck. Like I put Botox in my fucking forehead. I did. I was like in the, in the narrative. I was like, this is what I need to be confident. This is what I need to feel good. You didn't didn't try to grow a penis. I know. Yes. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Yes. If I'm only this way, I'll be better. I'll be happier. I need, I need people to view me a certain way for me to be happy. Yeah. It's the ultimate people pleaser. (laughs) It's total bullshit. It's a narcissistic You'll hear, yeah. And then there's a huge defense out there. The liberal defense is you don't know what these people are going through. They're born in the wrong bodies. I'm like, man, I was born in the wrong body. I'd love to be a chick right now. Do you know, I'd have an only fans. I'd have cash everywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like I can well, laugh at these yeah. things too, you know? And honestly, it, it, it's a shame that everybody's gotten only fans, you know, like there's no more surprise to everything. And truth be told, like nudity and general nakedness is, has lost all of its appeal which here's where I think yeah. it's a plus because every single thing that could be a negative, I find a positive lining to it. And I think that we live in a world now where, where we can stop over sexualizing our fucking meat suits and we can mm. start valuing what we're good at. Who cares if you're, I don't think, I don't, I do not give a fuck if you're naked, if you're, you know, I want to know what you do, what makes you tick. This is the stuff that yeah. like, triggers my shit. You know, back when we were 18, 19, Sure. You know, sure, everybody's, I don't, let's let's all get naked. Let's all base each other based on, you know, what this is. But then you look at the porn industry, right? And all of the men have giant fucking wieners, you know? So every guy that doesn't have a 10 inch cock is now insecure about his wiener. Yeah. Uh, And every girl that doesn't, you know, I mean, I don't know who's attracted to those porn stars that are like just super done up and bolt on tits. Like that's not, that's not pretty. Well, it's also like a performance. Like if you don't want to be like, moaning out loud like a crazy person not that they're crazy but like uh, like theatrical it's a theatrical thing it's it's literally the movies and if you believe the movies are real then good for you you're gonna fucking have a rude awakening but making so much noise god damn it yeah some people (laughs) like i don't know like just i've had many partners and (laughs) a consequence of being an insecure athlete um you talk about like traveling the world and being, you know, on the podium and then going out to party and being hot and sexy, like, fuck, it was not hard. Um, so, so imagine it's much easier for a woman. Like a guy has to create a fake job and be something that he's not. (laughs) A woman just has to sort of be there, you know? She just has to have her boobs. That's right. Oh, (laughs) hello. How are you? Oh, hello. (laughs) But yeah. So anyways, I guess the point, like just to circle back and sort of finish off, I did my three-year man talks, okay? Detox and, is the best one, though. And <laughs> the D talks. And um, 
at the end of it, now I, I, like this wasn't like I'm like I am finishing this. I was literally thriving. I was figuring out who I was. I started yeah. dating myself. Yeah. I started to love myself differently, show up differently. My energy was different. I was pulling in different opportunities. I started building my business, my six figure business. I started fucking like just like pulling in abundance for me and filling my cup so that I could start. And then I started. When you start Filling validating other yourself instead of seeking validation from others. Yes. It just changed it. That, that's the, what I learned in those three years is basically some of the foundational work that I teach and I coach on other people because it was like the most fucking rad shit ever. And mm-hmm. I say that with so much love and respect for the, 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 the version of me that entered that and where I was to to the completion but i'll tell you this so i was um i worked with um a lot of professional psychologists sports psychologists and um professors of sport and people who analyze sport um in my time coaching because i i coached at the provincial and canadian level for almost 13 years and in that time i was i worked with this guy his you name was doctor your short little life you should know i know i've lived like a thousand lives um Dr. Kelly Dell, he was assigned to me, um, through the national sports center of Ontario. And we, I loved him. We, he, he, his philosophy, I won't get into it, but he was an instrumental person in my life. And through his work that I'd help with the kids and the team, I started to identify things in myself. And he was one of the people that helped me to connect to my body a little bit more and embody myself a little bit more as, as I was transitioning, um, out of my conditioned mind is what I call it. Anyways. So he, um, wrote a book and in his book, there's a chapter about me and my story and us working together. So I allowed him to use my name and like, I had to sign all the documents cause the book sold a lot of copies. You should have got it's some called, royalties for that shit. No, I didn't want to. I I'm damn fine it. with, I'm fine. No, damn it. But anyways, I w- went to his book launch and there was a lot of fucking people there. And I was like, oh my God. And of course, like he acknowledged, I, I came to his book launch as a special guest and I was, I stood up and everyone clapped and people had read the book already at that point, And they knew who I was sort of. And um, I, I basically was a beacon in the room of like a hundred people or, or more. So everyone sort of knew who I was instantaneously, but I didn't know anyone. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of sneak out the back because I wasn't feeling super social, but I wanted Kelly to sign my book. So I waited in the lineup to get my book signed and the guy behind me starts chatting and he was cool. And he was um, like, you know, when you're in the lineup and you're just like fucking line, go faster. I don't want to talk to this person anymore. You know? damn it. Okay. It wasn't like that. I was like, I, it was an enjoyable conversation. I was just chatting with this guy. It seemed really cool. He's like a runner. I was doing Ironman at that point or no wait, I was doing, uh, marathons. Um, and he, yeah, we just like had a lot in common. Cool. Anyways, a week later or a couple days later, that guy slid into my DMS and we end up going on a date. I said, yes, that was the first date. And the reason I said yes was because it was just such a natural flow. He seemed super cool. I really liked him. Like I was naturally connected to him. And it was a test to see if this was new you or old you, depending on who the guy was. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're out on our date, which was spectacular, by the way, it was really fun. We like had some wine and, uh, chatted about all sorts of things. And he asked me if I wanted kids. Now at the time I was 36 years old. I was prime baby. I, had, I, yeah, I actually had this egg timer moment, like when I turned 30 and it was like a ping, like I woke up one day and I was like, I don't need to have babies to feel like a complete and whole woman. It was like this, because my whole life I wanted to be a mom so much. And I would be the one that was like looking on Instagram or on and see people hear of people getting pregnant and feel this like ping of, I'm never going to, I'm unworthy of this. Like I was be jealous (laughs) and I just wanted, I was actually, when I was an athlete, I was like literally 21 years old, standing in the top of the fucking gate um, at a world cup event. And there'd be like a pregnant volunteer. And I'd be like, thinking I'd be like planning myself getting pregnant while I was fucking competing. It was crazy. I was obsessed with it. And then one day I woke up and I was gone. I was, it was done. And I said that to him. I said, I don't need to have kids. Would I have kids? It would be a case dependent like situation, obviously, but like, I'm not in, I'm not dating right now. I'm not trying to actively have children. Like it's not really my thing. And he was like, cool, cool. We kept, we kept going. Uh, the date ended up being amazing. We set another date and that, um, that two days later or the day before our next date, he actually messaged me and said, you know what? You're super cool. And I'm actively trying to have kids right now. So I don't want to go on this date. And I was like, okay, fair. Like, wow. Thank you for that closure and that honesty and vulnerability. And he was like, And like, I, he was like, and I'm doing this run thing next week. Do you want to come hang out with us? And I was like, yes, that sounds really fun. Like, so we actually kind of became friends. Okay. And I don't know, six months later we were doing there in Ottawa. They have this Ottawa free fitness stuff. These organizations, one of them is called November project. And they meet every Wednesday at 6 29 AM. And they do a 31 minute workout. It's a group workout. It's always outside. It's always free. It's always awesome. And so he was like, Hey, I'm coming to November project this week. Do you want to come? And I was like, sure. So, and he's like, I'm bringing my brother. And I was like, great. And I show up at the workout and I meet Peter. Peter was the guy that I was on, went on the date with. I meet his brother, Michael, (laughs) who is my Michael. And it was, that's the story of how I dated the brother. These are identical twins. They're not identical. They're very fraternal. I know. I look, and here's the thing. Like I have never, ever, ever felt the way I felt about Michael to any other person on earth. I like imprinted on him, you know, like in like Twilight, the movie with like the fucking wolves, the the werewolves, like imprint. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's like what happened. He turned around and I swear to God, fucking rays of light came out and it was like the music. Ah! His hair is going like this. Yeah. The wind started blowing like (laughs) slow motion, everything. (laughs) That's what happened. And I was like, oh my God, you're my fucking person. I literally had that thought. And I was like, I didn't attach like, you're my husband. You're my partner. I was like, you're, you're in my life for a fucking reason. Like I felt this like, Oh, he yeah. didn't feel that way about me. 
no, no. and if he listens to this, he had no, like, he didn't have that same connection as I did, but I was like, okay. So, so that's yeah, but how you've got the ability Michael. to wear them down. I know girls like <laughs> you love me. <laughs> it's like, honestly, what the, what but a, think about this what too. A connection. That is a, that is an egoic plus for you. Because he wasn't the guy that, like, you know, you're used to being the athlete that everybody wants, right? This guy didn't right. want you right away. No. And so you like, you had to put work in. You're like, all right, all right. I see how it is. I'm going to put a little bit of work into this. So you, you know what you, I did? You know what the work was? Mm. This was the work. I showed him a butt. <laughs> no. I fucking ignored him. Okay. I was too busy working on my shit. I told yeah. him I was interested. And I was also on this extreme self journey that I didn't text him every fucking two seconds. I wasn't on his case. I wasn't pushing okay, so myself when onto you said him. I ignored him. It, it almost sounded like you actively ignored him. No, no, like, no, no. That is such a dumb game to play, but yeah, no, I didn't play any game. I was super clear with him. I'm like, yeah, it, uh, like I'm so the only game you played was living your life and everything it was worked out. Yes. Exactly. That's yes. why this shit doesn't work out. Most people are like, Oh, I'm not going to text him for three days to see what he says. You know, fuck that. Like, and so one Ugh. of the things for me is, um, if I like somebody normally now, especially now, uh, if I like somebody, I immediately throw them into the friend zone. Right. So if I, if I think you're cool, I want to be your friend. I don't want to be your lover. I don't want to be, Ooh. I just want to fucking chill out and hang out and see what you're up to. Right. Yeah. Which gets me in trouble a lot now because girls are like, I, I thought you were putting out these signs and I'm like, I gotta be honest with you. Like I'm, every single time I find somebody that's like, that I love and that I respect, I want to be their friend. I don't. I don't, I don't picture myself starting a life with you. I picture myself, mm. you know, having a, a bunch of great laughs and, and, and being somebody that, you know, is totally chill to hang out with. Yeah. And other people will say, well, that's your own weakness that you're not willing to let yourself go and get out there and meet that person. And I said, I don't think that that's true. I think that when I meet here, much like you just said, when you met Michael, you know, you knew, right. I and, knew. And, and however you played it out from there, you knew. And, and I feel the exact same way that when I meet her, I'll know. But for the most part, I love, I love like so many of my guy friends don't understand how I have so many female friends because every guy I know wants to just fuck and I don't. Right. I'm fucked out. If that makes any sense. Like I've done it yeah. to death every single time back in the throat, you know, back in the throat when you're, when you're going through the numbers, yeah. you wake up in the morning, you're like, why did I do that? You know, what's <sighs> wrong with my, my soul, my body. It hurt to wake up in the morning and be like, oh God. So, oh, so some, sometimes it was worse than others. <laughs> Yeah. Some mornings were just like, oh God. My dad once Another said to me, I never, he said, he went, he once said to me, I, um, oh, what, how did it go? He goes, I never went to bed with a three, but I woke up next to a few of them. <laughs> 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 and that's, you know, that's the drinking, right? You go to bed, beer goggles, like but, actually though. Oh yeah. But even, even when you, even when you go to bed with a 10 and you wake up and you look at them, you're like, what am I doing? Like, what right. am I doing? Right. What right. am I fucking doing? Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, I mean, you, luckily for you, you found him and that's super chill because, you know, you get the opportunity to sort of grow and build together. Uh, and eventually, you know, I'll find that. Um, I know, you know, and I also. But you're rooted. You're rooted in yourself. And that's the difference between Michael and I. And he's spoken about this too. So he's been doing a lot of work. It's really interesting. When we first met, he ended up binging my entire podcast. Every, he listened to every single fucking episode. And I was like. What episode do you want now? Uh, well, I only put out one every two weeks and I've only done, I've done that for the last two years. So I haven't, I put out a lot. I'm, I'm at like one, I'm in the one, one forties, one fifties, one sixties or one seventy, one eighties, maybe one eighties <laughs> that, that accelerated quickly, but 
well, my podcast is seven I, years old. I well, I trailed yours back to episode one, and you and I started within a month of each other. Right. And how many wild. do you have? Uh, this is episode two seventy four, I think. Right. Okay. So yeah, I think I'm at. I I don't know. I'm in the I, whatever I'm at. I uh, I took a six month break, two and a half years in, and then. I only do every two weeks, but anyways, he, he binged them all and he was super, he was starting to ask questions. He was waking up in his own way. Well, and he's like you, this, yeah, you have to find that. You yeah. Would so have he, to find that. Absolutely. And, and what I adore about him is that he gives me the space to just fucking be me. Yeah. He, and, and I do the same for him. I look so forward like, to meeting him. Oh, I think he would love him. He's yeah, awesome. He's like, uh, he's, so when we did, if you want to talk about psychedelics really quick, when we did our healing, journey, really quick. Healing. I actually wanted to, I wanted to get into this. Like, I don't know how much time yeah. we've got left. Cause we've already done like an hour, two, two hours and a bit Yeah. Uh, with when I edit this down, because we took a couple breaks. We're, we're, we're probably up around two hours. I don't know what your time is like, but I really want to talk about uh, your hero. Yeah. I have some time. Okay, good. So I, I, I do have until two 30 at two 30. I need to whip out, out of town for a sec. Out of town. So, yeah. I'm fucking down. So yeah. So, I mean, one of the, and this is one of the things that I really want, like we've touched on everything that I want to talk about. Um, okay, so great. Far, but yeah, the psychosyllabin uh, thing. I mean, you know, like I said, yeah. like, uh, fucking we're, we're, we're rolling into like hour two, two and a half and, and, you know, we still mm -hmm. got some topics left. So this is kind of fun. You and I often have, well, often the two times that we've done this, it's been. And on Instagram, our long. voice notes, I'll be like 17 voice notes later. Like, Damn sorry, it, buddy. I'm not listening to all this shit. <laughs> I, can't, I, I don't have time do. for this. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we chat for three hours on a podcast. That's true. Um, so, so what, so this journey, you, you got into a plane and you flew off to Calgary and, and you, and you set yourself up for a, for a hero dose. Uh, a hero dose to yeah. me is five grams or more, uh, and, yeah. uh, introspection, which is what you ended up doing. So, so walk us through this. Like what, what was the process? What was the physical process? And then after that, what, you know, who did you become? coming out of it did you, do you feel that you've changed at all from it or or how do you how do you think it affected you you know i mean physically every single time i did mushrooms on a, on a grander scale like more than two grams i always woke up relaxed as if my body had just let go of a bunch of shit so i can only imagine how many grams did you do so okay so i've actually done two hero doses and i'll tell you the first one was in september of 2022 that was with Michael. Michael and I had talked about doing it. I had interviewed a few um, psilocybin leads, uh, people that work with the, that are healers, that are guides that do this for a living. And one of them, her name's Tara Portelli. I love her. And I recommend working with her all the time. Like I'm giving her a massive shout out right now because she's brilliant. Yeah. Tara Portelli. She's the nude mushroom on, on Instagram. Speaking of nude. Um, That's a fantastic and, name. The nude mushroom. It implies a lot. Yeah. It implies a lot and it's, it's, it's perfect actually, because it really, you shed the fucking layers and the skin imagine, of who you are. Could you imagine being in a group of people now, total strangers doing a hero dose and being naked in the forest? That'd be fucking weird. At least for the first little bit. Anyway, talk about the nude mushroom. Like, I don't, like you're yeah. getting rid of all of your shame. It's like, you're sitting there, you're fat, you're skinny, you're this, you're that. You got three nipples. You got one nipple. Like, you know, you're now you're just naked and now you're high on mushrooms and you're in a, you're in a mind. That's, that's, we're gonna have to look if you have that. the ability to do that, then you are fucking on your way to freedom. <laughs> like you are fucking getting there. And okay. So let me just, let me just regrain my thoughts here. So I had a very difficult time over COVID 
and I may or may not have said this the last time, but like I got canceled by friends. I got attacked during the, um, the convoy. Um, I was, I took a stance against the lockdowns from the very beginning. I could see the mental decline. I could see the impacts of the kids not being going to school. I could see these things. And I was listening to people that weren't mainstream and they made sense. And so I started, that's when I had the wake up call. I was, I was working in the gray. I couldn't, I couldn't lean into far left or far right ideology over COVID. I just couldn't see, I, I, I didn't, I was sort of in the middle and people in the middle get attacked, got attacked from both sides. So that's what happened. And I cocooned. I had to get really fucking because quiet. You're, you're telling my story. Yeah. yeah I was attacked yeah. from every angle. I'm like, bring it bitches. Let's go. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> like, bring it bitches. I was, I, but I, and I was like, I was like, there is something bigger happening here. And well, this so is, that's, that's an interesting thing. As you say that, uh, you know, I was ready for it, right? Because I was controversial right. in the third dimension. I was controversial. I would, I don't want right. to say I was a piece of shit. You know, I might've been, um, but I certainly definitely were to someone. I, oh, I am the, the best, in a lot of stories. the best, the best growth derives from shit, bud. Yeah. So it's really yeah, that's where shit. mushrooms come you, from too. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But that, you know, that to me, it's like, I mean, everybody's a villain in somebody else's story. I mean, yeah. you, you've got a heart of gold, right? But there are some people out there that are like, I fucking hate that broad, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we can think about that. But, but you know, for me, it's like, I, you know, my story is like, you know, just the way sort of my life played out. Yeah. I had a lot to prove to me. And I was so riddled with self-hate that I was sharing that hate with the world, which meant I was prepared to, to, to deal with this. And funnily enough, oddly enough, prior to COVID, I had a, I had a, I had a meet your maker moment, um, <laughs> where I was um, propositioned by the Illuminati, to say the least. Okay. And I turned them down emphatically. So okay. I turned them. I turned them down in the name of God, which at the time seemed to be like the thing that I wanted to do was really get into God. But I couldn't figure out which religion it was, uh, and I didn't believe in any religion. Uh, but now I believe in the higher power, and I also believe that God is inside all of us, and yada yada yada. Same Z's. Um. So the Illuminati, when I shut them down, uh, uh this really fascinating thing came up came about where my, my life kind of fell apart after mm. I, after I denounced um, helping and I don't know if it's timeline or whatever. When I say, when I say like I denounced the Illuminati, like I was literally, there were three messages that popped up on my Instagram or on my, on my Facebook messenger that were Illuminati, literally the Illuminati. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is fucking <laughs> weird. And it was three, it was from three different accounts. And they all propositioned me and they all said they wanted me to do work with them and for them. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like so weird that I took screenshots. Unfortunately, I don't still have them, but I don't live there anymore. So I don't need to have them. I'm not yep. trying to prove yep. a story or anything. Yeah. But then my life fell apart. My life, my life mm -hmm. literally fell apart. And I went into this in a few other episodes. I don't need to go into it again, but this was the breakdown of my initial life up until 2015, I suppose, 2015, 2016. Um, and when your life, my life fell apart and I lost the ability to speak. I don't mean like I mm. couldn't have a conversation, but I'm extremely quick witted. In other mm. words, if you say something, I've got a, I've got a joke and I've got a thing and I've got a pun and a play and, a, and, yeah. and just rolls off my tongue, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. I lost that. I lost that. So like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even think about a comeback. People would insult me online. I had nothing. It was just fucking, it was a fart in the wind. Really? Yeah. I lost the ability to speak. Uh, and that was because I think what happened was as my life fell apart, 
I lost belief in what I was doing. Therefore, anything that I was doing in an insulting manner or a, a deconstructive manner um, disappeared. So I'm mm. not giving power to any one thing or anything like that when I say these things, but it was like, it was like, this was just my experience. So was it just like an alignment thing? Like the, you were out of alignment? Completely out of alignment. Yeah. And, and the thing too is, is there's something called the armor of God. And um, it, it, I don't know what per se, cause I didn't do too much detail on it, but uh, there's the chest plate and the, and the thing. And, and I mean, I'm sure I could just dig it up right now. I'm sure there's people out there that are like, Hey, what's the uh, armor of God? But they know it. They're like, Hey, you they're, bastard. They're like, I is. know what it is. Yeah. yeah. They're screaming at their phones. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. this is, and this, so, and then silver tongue was, was one of them, uh, you know, the ability to speak uh, on what you believe in. And it took me about, well, until I came out of the, the sciatica pain um, mm. to, to get, to get my, my ability to speak back. And like I said, mm. like it, it interfered with me so much that I couldn't think of, you know, who was in that movie, who was here, who was there. I couldn't, I didn't really? have, a, I didn't have a retort. I didn't, I didn't have the ability to have a conversation because whatever people were talking about my brand. How was long did like, that last for? About 18 months. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you kind of had a literal cocooning as well, where you went inward. Well, that was what the bed was. So every time right. I hurt my feet or whatever, like if I have an injury to my foot, it's, it's a symbol for me to slow down, calm down, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and I'm, I was self-aware enough to know that when I went bedridden for a year that I had to remove myself from absolutely everything, whether I fucking wanted to or not, I didn't mm -hmm. have a choice. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't do anything. Um, so, so yeah. So like when I say that sort of stuff, it's like, uh, my ability to speak when that was taken from me. Um, it was like, it was, it was just the weirdest thing. And it came back when I found more conviction. It came back, um, when I, when I found more purpose and mm. that purpose. So here's the thing about who I was back then. I was, and I always said this, I'm the Robin hood of douchebags. In other words, if you're out there bullying people, I'm going to ruin your life because I'm bored. If you're out there being a victim, I'm going to build you up because I'm bored, right? That's kind of how my life was when I was in sales, when I was firmly in the third dimension, I yeah. would help those who needed it, who I deemed needed. And I would ruin those who are out being dicks to other people. Right. And, and that was just it. And that was, that was my gift of gab and I could, and I could do all that, but yeah. So once I denounced the Illuminati, once I had denounced a, a darker, higher power, all of my, all of my abilities and all, all of my gifts were taken from me, even my credibility. I got charged with assault. I got charged with all kinds of like weird shit. And it's like, it's just the whole fucking life. Just, it's like when you believe something about yourself and then somebody comes along in an authority position and says, no, you're a piece of shit. You've done this, this, and this, this is against the criminal code. You think to yourself, well, the criminal code is, is very valid. Who am I to have actually done this? And then you're like, what I the can't. fuck? Right. So like your brain just yep. fucking shatters. And yep. I know that we weren't even talking about talking about this, but here we are now. No, but, but yeah, it's so, good. It's leading into a lot of this, this work that we're doing. Yeah. Exactly. And so to build back up, I needed, I didn't need to create a new version of me because there was no creation. I basically unloaded all of the parts of me that no longer served me, whether I knew mm. it at the time or not. And then from there with clarity, I could speak again. So now I sit here and I have zero problem being witty with you, chatting with you, creating stories because inside my mind, all of this knowledge is here. All right. of that former knowledge had to go. I am, you know, they say you're not, you're not beholden to being the person you were five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, yes. I love that statement, but who love I was it. in 2015 versus who I am today 
I don't even think that the today version of me would associate with the 2015 version of me. I don't think that we'd be uh, friends. And I agree with that. I don't think I'd be friends with me either. Yeah. I was kind of like, a piece I, of shit. Like I, to, to me, yeah. imagine, imagine, imagine your best friend every Wednesday or Thursday, but just punching you in the face. Why the fuck would you keep hanging out with that person? Because you hate yourself. Right. Like you said earlier, you will <sighs> deal with yourself up until the point that you wouldn't you know, the way you deal with others. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so for me, I was so harsh on me, so mean to me, like it was reflective in everything else that I was doing. It was self-destructive. My self-destructiveness was boiling over into other people's things. Now there was a time in my life where I would be, where I would have been upset and, and, and apathetic and sorry that I hurt you. Um, but something took place in my life as well. And I've talked about this a a few times where I had an individual who fucking burned me and he called Mm -hmm. me to apologize like five years later. And it was at this time that I realized that I had to relive this guy's bullshit, right? And he did it to appease himself. So he made me relive some bullshit so that he himself felt better. And it was at that moment in time that I realized every single person that I've ever wronged in the past, and I've said it on the podcast, and I'll say it again, to all of you, to any of you listening that I may have wronged in the past or that I absolutely wronged in the past, if you're listening to this show, I love you. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whatever it was. I'm sorry for what I did when I was unaware. And I, I, I'll stand by that, but I won't make you relive anything because it's not up to me to validate myself or to validate my forgiveness through you. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge thing. This is, this is how I talk to myself as well. So when I have, when I have these scenarios, when I have these situations playing out in my head, I say to myself, well, I can't apologize to them. Um, and on, honestly, I needed to be the person in their life that did the thing that I did that made them never accept that again in the future, whatever it was. Mm. Right. So I served my purpose in their life because, because of my actions or because of me being a dick, they veered course and they never accepted this again. Their life actually got better. Right. So that's, that's kind of how I view this. And it's not up to me to validate, like I said, to validate myself through apology. Now, if somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, you owe me an apology. You asshole. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> you got it, brother. Like, let me, let me yeah, fucking. I'm sorry. Same with me. Yeah, I, me, I, I, me I mean, like, tell me how you got there. Let's go. I'm yeah. curious. What version of me showed up and destroyed your life? Yeah. You know, like, what was I I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. So where were we? We were at, oh yeah. So Michael and I, so I was, I was like really interested in doing a macro dose to see if there was some healing effects for me just to help relieve the burden to, of like that intensity of what happened and the loss and the grief that I felt. And it just kind of felt like I was really curious about it and I trusted Tara and I was talking to Michael about it and he was like, I want to do it as well. So we decided we actually, the first time we went to Toronto, um, because Tara lived in Mexico at the time and she, her family's from Toronto and she was home for a month. She's like, yo, do you want to do this? Cause I'm going to be in Toronto. And so we got an Airbnb. We, we actually did like a beautiful ceremony. We did like some smudging. She did, we did breath work. We did some visualizations. We, she really like sets you up to cleanse and focus and, and respect the mushroom, respect the medicine and um, and really get into the frame of mind, body, mind, soul. And so one of the things that you do or she does, and, and it's beautiful is to set an intention, ask the mushroom that's going to 
literally rewire your brains. Like it's neuro uh, neuroscience. It's literally creating new neurological pathways in your brain. You ask it, what do you want? Like you have to ask what do you, it is that you want to have it in this experience. And can so I, my- Can I stop you there? Yes. What you just said was intention. And one of the craziest things in the entire world with regards to manifest creation is that if you don't know what to ask the universe for, you can't get it. So you're asking the mushrooms for something. In the yeah. universe right now, there are so many people that are stagnant and stale because they don't know how to buy a house. They don't know how to do this. They don't know how to, they don't know what the next step is. They don't know where the Canadian government's going. They don't know where the American government's going. They don't know where they stand and what's next. So there are so yeah. many people out here going, I'm kind of in limbo right now and I don't know where I want to go, which means they're not actively asking for it and they're not creating that pathway. So it's with regards crazy. to reality yes. creation, people are yes. not focused enough on what they want because they're so afraid of all of these other, and it's purposely driven. There are so many things right now that are 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 potentially all screwed up. So, so they're in, they're in a spot yeah. of limbo. They're, they're personally in a, in a place of limbo or I'm going to wait and see, or I'm going to check this out. I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. yeah. And that's all just like fear. It's the fear program. Yeah. yeah. So my intention for my first trip was, uh, to what, show me what I need to see to heal. And I repeated that for a while. Show me what I need to see to heal. And I took three and a half grams. Okay. I put music on. It That's was not like quite a, really a hero cool, dose. It, it's technically a hero dose after two, according to my guide. I thought it was five. Uh, after three, five is the di dissolve. At five, you uh, dissolve the ego. Hero, like you could take two grams and you will hallucinate crazily. Like you can have massive hallucination. Two grams of my uh, recreational use as a kid, two, two and a half grams. Yeah, it's 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 one one to two is like a mat is a is a is a I don't know. Honestly, there are people that take 10 grams and they don't experience anything because they're so fucking blocked. Yeah. So it's it all depends on Matt, you, you, your experience, right how blocked you are, how how um how how thick your walls are yeah. that you've created around you, um, and how your brain works, right. how much of your brain you use. So I traveled through space and time. On two and a half grams, three and a half, three and a half. Oh yeah. I also resisted. So this is what happened. My first, uh, you're basically tripping for about four hours. And when I say tripping, I just mean you're being shown something for four hours. I, my first journey was very auditory and visual. So I heard things and I saw things. Okay. I started to see like, you know, like the ooh, pink Floyd sort of like ooh, colors being bright. And like the, the grass was kind of like talking and moving. Oh, it was super, it was like, yeah. And the trees were kind of, and then all of a sudden I, you know, when you like, I don't know if you remember this or if you ever had this experience, but like when I drink alcohol and I get drunk, if something serious fucking happens, I can like snap out of it and like, sober up really fast. I, I wouldn't sober up, but I could, I could like fucking handle yourself, like snap out of it. I could get really serious and focus and like in emergency situations, like handle it. Okay. Um, it's called stealing your buzz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A buzz kill. Yeah. You can get buzz. So I started to get into this medicine to the psilocybin and, and I couldn't turn it off. Okay. I couldn't kill the buzz. It was starting to get intense and I didn't like it. I got really uncomfortable. 
and I was trying to turn it off and I started to fucking panic. And that is why I highly recommend that you use a guide because Tara stepped in graciously and she just, she didn't bring me back to earth, but she just reminded me that I'm safe. She reminded me of where I am and why I'm doing this. And, and so I, 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 in other words, resisted the medicine. I was resisting. So a form of resistance is not seeing anything whatsoever because you're so blocked, which is also resistance. Another form is to fight it. Okay. I was fighting it. And, uh, I went, I was like distracting her. I was calling her really awful names. I was behaving like a child. I literally felt so was fucking... actually you releasing. So you weren't, you weren't, you weren't actually uh, hiding or you weren't resisting it. You were, you were releasing. I was your in inner, the process. I, I, okay. So started shitting on people. Yeah. And I was like, I was like telling her to get me food and hurry the fuck up and don't leave me. And I was bossing her around and I was like freaking out. Meanwhile, Michael take t- was over on the other side of the lawn with his things looking dream. at trees, just like, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, on a totally different trip. We were Love completely it. separate and I was having this fucking meltdown. Then she, I asked her to like, just be there, just put your hand on my fucking back and just let me know. Cause I got scared as soon as like, she was just sitting sort of right behind me mm-hmm. and I was trying to control her. And I just asked her to put her hand on me and just assure me that I'm not alone as I go through this and just her compliance, if you will, her just being there. I, I allowed myself to detach from the control. So what I learned in that moment was how I try to control every fucking thing in my life. I learned that I'm that control is an illusion. You need to check out the backwards law, Alan Watts. Okay. Um, Everyone needs to check out the backwards law, Alan Watts. <laughs> Everyone needs to go and hide macro doses of psilocybin. Yes, um, they do. So, so that was the first layer. So that happened in like the first hour. It's a four hour sort of situation. In the first hour, I was resisting and then I released control and it was freedom. I immediately started to laugh so fucking hard at myself because I got it. Yeah, I got it. And I was like, oh my God, I am like all of the anxiety and depression and the hard feelings and me trying to make you something that you're not and trying to like force you to change and change people. And, oh, it was just this control thing. It would just dissolved. And I was like, what the fuck? And at that moment, um, got my guides came in. So I saw three guides, they were in the sky and they started talking to me and they weren't speaking to me in words. They were literally speaking to me in frequency. I totally understood it. Every fucking word that they said, I could understand. And it was not English. It wasn't words even. It was a vibration well, coming into my body. For deception. So I, I literally just posted a reel in my stories the other today or yesterday about frequency and how the universe does not speak in words that speaks in frequency. So my guys were frequency chat talking to me and they would laugh too. They would be like, 
and they would like show me the th- they they basically the next thing that I learned was attachment. So the control piece dissolved, and then they th- what the next thing I needed to learn to heal or see to heal was to attach how I attach meaning to things, meaning to the meaningless, um, hard feelings, light feelings, anything that I attach meaning to from birth is just an illusion and it's bullshit. And I, so it showed me attachment. So basically what it did was it said like my entities were like, love something. And I know this sounds fucking crazy to people that have never done psilocybin before or any type of psychedelic. This was like the most profound vision experience. I was living it. I could see it. I was sitting on earth. I was in the backyard of a beautiful Airbnb and like seeing these visions and it was fucking crazy. Um, so label it what you want. But what I saw, what there was like the shed, they had like a, like a garage. It was a single garage shed detached from the house. And my entity said, attach meaning to this. So I looked at the garage and I was like, I love you. And I like immediately was in love with the shed. I felt it was my soulmate. So it showed me like I was in love with the shed and then they killed the shed. The shed died. So then I had to attach meaning to that. I had to go through the grief and then it brought back to life and then it died and then it was alive and then it was dead. It lived and died a thousand times adam lived and died a thousand times yeah until then i realized how we attach meaning to our life and to our death and how we are never we are like the experiences in the attachment so i luckily had a thousand chances to change that attachment to see that death is life and that life is death and the story that we attach is the illusion and it controls how we feel so it was beautiful and then after that like then they're like do you get it now and i was like oh i got it i laughed for three hours at how insanely ridiculous my mind has been programmed and the entities then were like, are you ready for fucking more? And I'm like, yes, I am. And so that's when I traveled through space. So I left earth <laughs> and I was attached to like this grid. So it was almost like there was like a grid in the sky and it was all of these stars and lights and entities and things moving um, at light speed and slow motion at the same time. It was like, I changed, I went from one realm into the next. Like I was with, I was sitting on earth. Like if I put my hands down on the chair, I could feel that I was rooted on earth. Like I could feel I was there, but I was moving so fast through space and time with my entities. And they were just vibrationally shocking my body, showing me what the simulation is basically and what we are and what we think we are versus what we actually are. And it would make fun of things. So it would say like, think of an ideology. And I was like, flat earthers. And then we would die laughing because it's so stupid how people literally will live their whole life thinking the earth is flat. And then it will be like, Illuminati is a bad thing. And we'd be like, ha ha, because it's hilarious how people just think that this is what it is. Or I'm just using Illuminati because we just talked about it. But it's like how these ideological things are just programs. We did Akashic Records. Ha ha ha. It's so funny that people actually think that. And it was like, that is not even fucking close to what happened. Like, and then it would show me, like, it just, it was just a very interesting fucking situation. Whether I believe those things or not, it just was showing me that. So that was the first time. That's another problem that people have too, is like, 
if I if I if I alter up or or, or offer up an alternate uh, idea as to what this mm-hmm. is, as to where we are, as to what any of this is, their first inclination is, well, if you don't know what that is, if it's not this, then then it, then what is it? It must be this. We're so yeah. desperate to find an black answer. and white. Yeah, yeah, we're guarantee. We're so desperate to find an answer. Certainty. We're not willing to live in the question. And when you when yeah. you when you switch your life from living in the answer to living in the question, the whole fucking game changes. Oh, love and, that quote. You should write that yeah. down. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So, so, so living in the question, you know, I, I, I don't, like I said before, I don't have any answers. I have a lot of questions uh, and I love the mystery. I no longer associate an answer. I don't need things to make sense. I just, I am what I am. And people are like, well, what if you lose all your money and you're homeless? I'm like, well, that's a fucking, that's just another experience. I could go see it, but you know what that is though? You know what people do when they say those questions, that question derives from fear. That question derives from the extreme yeah. That you are going, that's an extreme. Well, what if you did this extreme fucking thing way over here and you lost all your money? First of all, you're not going to do that. I've already There's lost no, all my money. What are you going to exactly. do? I'll just make more. Fuck. <laughs> right. And you're resourceful. You're a human being who's taking responsibility for their life and making choices so that they don't stay there. Yeah. Like people don't even know their own power. So they say that from a place of lack and insecurity. That's an insecure force. They leading that only question say it because you need to hear it so that you can overcome it. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that in the sense, like, I think they say it because that's what they really fucking think that they can't validate your journey because it's so beyond the concept of what they can, what their reality is that they have to throw the extreme because they live in a fucking box with the lid. This and fucking I agree with you about all of that, but I also yeah. will add or, and I also will add they exist those people exist potentially right. as NPCs. They they exist right, potentially right, right. as main I see characters. What you're saying. Yeah. But they exist to share that knowledge with me so that I can overcome it. Because right. that, it's not, I don't care what they do. It's not up to me to, to decide if they overcome it. It's only up to me to decide if I overcome. You know, it's I got friends true. everywhere. I lose all my money. I lose absolutely everything. You think there isn't a couch I can lay on for a fucking month while I get my shit back together? You know? Because yeah. people are exactly. like, what happens? People are like, what happens if you lose everything? Well, you know what happens? Tuesday happens. I lost yes. everything on Monday and Tuesday showed up on time. So here exactly. we go again. That's it. That's all there is to yeah, it. Exactly. But so you're your also a pre- you're, you're a present moment thinker. So you yeah. can think that way. Okay. So, um, so then after a year had passed and I was talking to my friend Tara again, and we've become friends at this point. Cause we like had this extreme fucking bonding moment where she like saved my life. Was as she I was on Zooms with you or did she just guide you while you were on them? No, she was not, but she was getting a bunch of downloads from me. Cause I like sitting next to me, she was like, I could feel your download. She was like, I could feel she was describing. Yeah. She, yeah. She was getting downloads from the, what I was doing. It was fucking crazy because she was, she could, she said things that right. I was experienced, but I didn't talk. Like I was laughing so fucking hard out loud, like in real life. But I wasn't telling her what was happening. We we were gonna we we discussed that we would debrief later. We were gonna do right. an integration later. Um, and she said stuff that I that I was yeah, it was fucking weird. And no two mushroom journeys are the same. Like you you a have intentions. B everyone has a different brain, a different thing they need to see, a different whatever journey. You're not the same. And right. she's done hundreds of them, and no one has the same. So for her to be like sort of in alignment, it was very interesting. Anyways. So next year, I I decide to go by myself. She lives in BC now. She moved to Victoria from Mexico. And I went to visit her, A, as a friend. And we did like an energy exchange. So she 
gave me another journey and I helped her with her social media business. Like I helped her do some other things. So we just kind of did like a friend thing, a business thing, a healing thing. It was pretty awesome. Anyways. So I, I didn't want to do that much. I didn't want to go. It was very intense. In fact, the vibration that I was receiving from the guides for three straight hours impacted my body for two to three months. It was, it was, it was deep vibration in my bones. Like it rattled me and I felt strange. So I didn't wake up feeling fresh the next day. I didn't wake up with a new perspective. I woke up with a holy fuck. What just happened? I've got questions. Yeah. So the next time, so this time I decided I was like, I don't want to go that deep, but I ended up doing about 2.8 grams. And, um, uh, water. <laughs> was a, um, and she, and with the, with the, she had, she brought more and Did she said after an hour, shame me? <laughs> <laughs> she basically said assume I, my hero dose. <laughs> it's true I though. You jerk. What I need to assume. <laughs> um, sure. she said after an hour, we could add more if I wanted to go deeper into it. And, that felt way more safe for me. Like I, so I decided just to do the initial 2.8 and that's where we stayed. And I had the same intention, show me what I need to see to heal. And it started at the same level. Like I started to feel that vibration from the trees. There was like this mother tree that was right in front of me, rooted into the ground and she showed up and like a tree literally started to like talk to me, not in words, in vibration. It was a bit of a different vibration. It was more like a, like a, like a wave instead of like a, like a freaking laser beam. It was more of like a wave pulse. And she was saying, I'm the mother. I am earth. You are connected to me. We are all one sort of this type of thing. And I was like, okay, I get that. I got that from last time. I get it. I see that. I understand that what's next. And then every visual disappeared and the world just looked like normal. Like I was looking out into the sea, into the ocean, the Pacific ocean. We were at this beautiful place. It was, uh, it was awesome. And I, I lost all the visual. And then I heard this journey is inward. I was just about to and say, I was like, you lost all the visuals and you found yourself. So I, Irony. Fuck. Yeah. I had a body experience, like an in my body. And I have always sort of felt this like shadow in me, this like darkness in me. Oh, I and see it, it right now. Terrible. <laughs> um, and it's not a darkness. It actually like, just came out as you did that. That that fucking laugh was like, oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's like I I did I I've always kind of felt like there's like some toxic something that I'm holding on to. And I ended up putting my hands to my chest like this. People can't see this, but I started like putting my fingers on my chest because I could feel it sort of there in that space around my heart. I felt this like shadow sort of happen. And I put my hands, my hands ended up going into my body. I swear to God, through my bones into my heart. And I pulled them out. I was like, oh my God. I could, I was looking at my chest, but what I was experiencing in my mind and my body was my hands going in. And I started pulling out 
this like darkness that was around my heart and my body and creating this space for my heart to just really exist and be and for me to love. And that was what round two was. It wasn't this crazy adventure. I, it started off, I pulled out this dark fucking forest, threw it out there. The, well, the mother tree connected to me. I was like, got it. You're there. Got it. Pulled out the dark forest. And then what the mushroom did was it showed me the feeling of unconditional love. So I felt unconditional love for three hours. I laughed. I was wiggling at like, I would see like bald eagles would be flying by and they would be like, what's up? I'm an eagle. That's it. Like, (laughs) what's up? I'm a tree. I'm a seal. I was seeing all of like nature and it wasn't like I, there was no attachment to it. The eagle was being the eagle. The seal was being the seal. And they were like, the trees were being like, we move like this in the wind. And I was like, I want to wiggle. And I would just like, kind of, it was fucking awesome. But I felt loved. I felt safe. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. (laughs) Exactly. Well, so the other thing too, was that it, it showed me the connection, the divine connection of all life, of everything alive, of everything living um and i felt connected and i don't know the significance of this or what the meaning can you hear my cats fighting back there i can't hear them but i can see the tail now oh my god um so the the, outside of the wiggling and the unconditional love it felt so good like you know the moment when you have like a first kiss or like when you when you're with someone and you just fucking love them and you have that that butterfly feeling that I know that that's lust, but what I'm saying is like, I don't know if that, see, I don't now, know if it's lust either. Okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. So- interesting about the interesting thing about that is uh, I remember first love. I remember being fucking excited yeah, to talk to somebody, to spend time with somebody. Yeah. I, I've, I've often wondered if I'll ever experience that again. Uh, or if I know too much in my life to, to be like, that can't happen to me now because I just kind of know how things are. And I, okay, I'm, like, so I'm, I'm the if same. My, my next relationship I'm would the be same. Like one of love, or just, or if I'm with them because it's logical and it makes sense. And I and I fear no. that I would be a logical partner. No, you won't be. A, as opposed to a loving no. partner, you won't be. You won't Good. be because you're. You already know. You're. You're. You. The reason logic comes up is because that's where you're at. You're going to. The person is going to come in, and you're going to. It's going to be different. And that's the thing. Like so. The 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 mushroom. The power of the mushroom was it stimulated that unconditional love in me without me having to attach meaning. So it was making me feel this way for a dur- duration. And the last thing of significance was that there was. Um, I became uh, part of the root system. So it showed me the fungal roots in the earth. So it was really interesting because it was all, nothing was visual, but I felt connected to like the pulse of like fungus on a tree on the other side of the fucking world. Okay. I could feel, I could feel like the earth and I was part of it and I was rooted into it. So fucked up. So then there was six other beings on the earth. There was beings of light, sort of. It, they were light beings, and I don't know who they are, but I was very much connected to them. I don't have names. I don't yeah, have faces. You were seeing through frequency, basically. Yes, I was seeing through frequency. So I knew that there was six significant people on planet earth that I was deeply rooted in the connection with, and it was really cool. There's a theory, the 4,200 is one of them, but there's a theory that you came here with seven people. 
Really? Yeah. So the theory is that you're playing a game in an outside reality, and there are seven people inside this game, seven true people inside this game. That's this is your game. And are you fucking serious right now? No. This is this is a this is a theory. Uh, it's uh, who? So it's, it's a theory. It's not serious. Well, nothing's serious. Okay. Nothing we do here. Because that's what it felt like. Theory. It felt like I was in connection with six other people. So yeah, there's the, the theory goes, there's seven of you here. You're all playing a game. Sometimes you're the parent. Sometimes you're the child. Sometimes you're this, sometimes you're that. Um, but you exist. Um, and every single other person in here is a, is a, is a character inside your game. And, oh. and, and whenever you meet that person, you know, of the six people that you came here with, um, you probably, you might not even meet the last person until, you know, you're in your eighties type of thing, because time right. really has no meaning. It's all a construct. We did all this sort of stuff. But the idea is you came here. Uh, there's six of you, seven of you playing a game right now. Uh, in in an out realm, uh, and then when the game's over, you all take your VR helmets off and you compare notes. So there's a, now Crazy. that being the theory, the idea is you just saw who who they were. Right. So if that is the realness, if that's the truth, and if it's not theory and it's real, then then the mushroom showed me my connection to those people. Yeah. Because I don't know who they are, and faceless, I, they, nameless, I, but there they faceless, are. nameless, faceless, nameless, and. Yes. And I was like in love with them. I was there. Like it was, it was like, they're my fucking people. Yeah. Yeah. Michael was probably one of those guys. You know what? Michael was one of those guys. He was one of the six, but he was still faceless and nameless. And I said, is that Michael? I asked the tree and they said, yes, you do not recognize him. And I said, no. With practice, you can with DMT apparently. I know. I So my my friend Ryan, okay, so Ryan Snow, I skied with him on Team Canada. He's brilliant. Last name Snow? Of course he was going to be Last name Snow. Yeah, I know, right? He's an aerialist. He was a crazy Ryan guy. jet ski. Number one in the world <laughs> at jet skiing. <laughs> I, honestly. So he does DMT. He does, um, he works in a clinic in Calgary, actually. Um, he works with addicts. He's a former addict himself. And mm. he, um, so I think my next, I think I'm interested in it. I'm a little bit nervous. And after that last psilocybin, I don't know if I need anything. I don't, I don't know if I want to keep, I don't need anything right now. It showed me everything I need to heal. I feel way more connected to myself. I understand what the feeling of unconditional love is. I know when I'm putting conditions on things, on people, on places, on experiences, I can feel and sense that now. So it's really what the, both of those experiences have done is really like open my eyes to detaching from control and the the illusion of control and and attachment and then unconditional love and connection to the earth. It really has strengthened my relationship to the stars, to the root systems, to the ground, to the present moment, to the frequency of life um <clears throat> and has given me the ability to because and and because I just did the last one in uh, in October, so it's only been a I can still feel the feeling that yeah. I got from that. It, I can it's super fresh, and I'm like it's so powerful and beautiful and wonderful and like and life changing. So I oh. think the combination between the intense mindset work that I do and the dedication and consistency, the momentum I've built with becoming the observer and the mindfulness stuff. Uh, and the, those experiences have, have like, I really feel the most connected, the most happy, uh, the most fulfilled. I have so much clarity on my purpose. I feel 
<clears throat> so much forgiveness and love and love for myself and for others. I feel Perfect. like it's, it was scary. Oh, yeah. It was scary to do it, to say yes. It was scary to like feel out of control. Like the, the both journeys were scary. Like I, I put my hands into my body. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking scary. Yeah. Like it, it it's, it's, it it's intense. You. Yeah. And I, I just like, I feel I need another year to decide if I want to go. I want to try DMT. Have you done DMT before? No, I, I have every intention on doing it. Um, and I know it'll be the right time. It's funny. I got a couple of buddies in Calgary that are doing it as well. So I have a feeling okay. that you and I will drift out there one of these days and do some DMT. Yeah. Um, but it's, well, I'm interested because it's only 15 minutes. Yeah. Like and psilocybin's like four hours and it feels like 4,000 years. It feels like years. So I wanted to do a DMT in like in the Himalayas. Like I really wanted to do the trek where you, where you hike the mountain and yeah. with your Sherpas and you go in and you do this whole reality. Like oxygen deprived. That's what here. I wanted to do. My buddy's like, well, yeah. we can do it over here in Calgary. You know, just do We got a DMT pen and DMT yeah. grows in everything. So like even synthetic DMT isn't, it's no, it's no different than, you know, this other stuff. So well, we make I, DMT sure. in our own brains. It happens yeah. when we're dreaming. Yeah. It's the good stuff. Dimethyl. Here's a funny thing too. Dimethyltryptyline is what DMT stands for. And do you remember back in the day when we had that fucking hideous uh, cough syrup? Dimetap? Dimethyltryptyline? Dimetap. Is that what that is? I'm like, were they fucking putting DMT in our goddamn cough syrup when we were kids? This will shut them up. Exactly. I see dead people. (laughs) DMT. I'm like, that's wild. Um, That's cool. I'm actually really happy that that, that we got to talk about that because I was interested in your experience. Now, now I've said hero dose and, and in my, in my, in my take, the actual hero dose that I'm familiar with is five grams dried mushrooms and you eat them all and you yeah. sit in a chair in a pitch black room and you ride it out. Okay. And that is a trip that you can only go internal on. And Alan Watts swears by it. I've never done it. Um, I mean, my, I don't my, know if you have, you don't have the choice whether your trip is internal or not. No, when you sit in a pitch black room with nobody guiding you and no nothing and no no stimulus. No, you'll see shit. Listen, yeah. you can close your eyes and see shit when it's oh, visual. Yeah. yeah. Like so, you're you're left with a few hours and you don't know what time it is, you don't know what day it is, you don't know where you are. You're yeah. only left with the thoughts that you have created. And so right. that's what the, that's what the pitch black room really does. So I'd be interested to to try that, but I also like you said, I don't want to commit to like 4 or 5 hours of this shit. Uh, I'm Well, you will you, you, like okay, so Tara's philosophy, she really takes a lot of ancient practice into it and what the indigenous folk used to do back in the day with these ceremonies. And they would do them at specific times of the year with specific constellations. They, they We've lost a lot of that knowledge with our modern technology and our modern way of thinking and our idea that we're the smartest version of humanity ever and we're the most connected, which is literally the exact opposite, in my opinion. Well, you we're even said at the beginning of the show when we were talking about your tiny little shed in the backyard, it's impossible to get people to, to come and, and, and work on this stuff, not because of any other reason other than for the past 20 years, guys like you and me and the world never figured out how to build shit. All we ever did was yeah. try to be educational, philosophical, yada, yada, yada. We're at a total collapse. We don't, you know, without the handyman, we're fucking lost. If, if, if the, if the cell phones collapsed, we'd all be screwed because we wouldn't be able to press a button and get a thing done. Right. right? Exactly. So, yeah, that's where we've, that's, exactly. where we've, that's where we put ourselves with our infinite wisdom, you know? 
Exactly. And I'm like, here I am uh, in my forties learning how to fucking pickle shit. And like, yeah. Um, shit your grandmother knew when she was six. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm learning how to plant a garden. I'm having yeah. conversations with people like, what do I do? How do I do this? What should I start with? Can I pick your brain? Like, yeah, yeah. but that's beautiful. start with fucking tomatoes. The journey and like, is unreal. Yeah. That's what yeah, it's great. like, just fucking do it. Oh, well, I can't. I always kill things. Well, then kill them and learn how to fucking not kill them yeah, or just keep doing what you always do. Like, just repeat the pattern and say you can't do it and give up. And then yeah. where are you going to be? That's you know, like, say, just do that. People say about school. Oh, I didn't want to be a doctor because I don't want to commit to seven years of school. Well, honestly, yeah. seven years was going to pass by anyway. At the end of it, do you want to be a doctor <laughs> or do you want to be nothing? You well, know? you can take your own advice when it comes to psilocybin because it is an incredible experience. If you oh, I have like, it here. Yeah, I have, I have tons of mushrooms here. Um, I, I've always swore my mushrooms. When I was a kid, I was like, this is the one drug I'll never not do. I've never viewed mushrooms, even as a child, I never viewed mushrooms as drugs. My friends mm -hmm. use them recreationally. I did once or twice, maybe three or 10 times. Um, but I mean, I think also my use of psilocybin um, in high school and acid as well, dropping acid, changed the programming of my mind that will allow me to see certain things. Uh, LSD, right? right? Uh, way right. back in the day. Right. I never did LSD. I never did cocaine. I never did any of that stuff. I never like experimented with stuff the like that. Then. <laughs> well, honestly, like I haven't done honestly, it. Honestly, you though, like with all of the work you're doing, and I can't see you ever going down the dark path, but like you, there are there is a dark side physical, to psilocybin. I don't have the physical ability. Yeah. to fall back into um, addiction. Right, Ad addictive patterns. You see Addiction's it. You see the program. Addiction exists in weak people. And I don't mean to say that to sound weird, but you're trying to fill a void. That's all addiction is. Whether it's I think, addicted to sex, I think you're looping in a program. I think you're yeah. looping in an addictive program and when you break out of it, you don't go back. I've filled so, like, the void. I've filled you the fill, void with, you filled with the purpose. Void. Yeah, right. With, with purpose you and, and self-love is what I filled the void with. So I no longer need to consume. And of course, every single person that is a, a, an addict or a drinker or whatever, especially drinking, they will give you every excuse under the sun as to why they drink. Yeah. Right? And honestly, it's just ingesting poison. Go ahead, ingest your poison. I'm not judging you. That you feel you have to, you know, justify it. That's on you. But alcohol was the other thing too. It's like, it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you quit drinking. Did you have a problem? You know, yeah. alcohol, it's a funny thing like that. It's like, oh, you quit heroin. Did, did you have a problem with heroin? Why'd you quit heroin? You know? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's all in how we sort of perceive and, 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 and go into things. It's now, all exactly how we attach meaning to. Exactly. It's what we attach meaning to and how we attach meaning to it. And it's so interesting to observe. And like the, the, the dark side of psilocybin is that people, uh, sort of use it and they've spiritual bypass. They use it and they think that they're like this enlightened being guru and they keep going in and they kind of lose their minds a little bit because psychedelics are serious and you have to, you know, it's really highly recommended not to do it twice in the same year, even like a hero dose, you want to space it out and they're not addictive. It's not, it doesn't create like an addiction. It's, it's an anti-addictive drug. And I'm not the expert here, but Tara's explained it to me before and follow her on Instagram, nude mushroom, ask her questions. Nude she mushroom. knows news knows it more, more than me, but I'm intrigued. Um, Maybe we'll put her on the show. Yeah. Um, put her on the show. She's awesome. She was on my show too. Um, to she's her. really good. But anyways, so I, I, I just, go, yeah, I, go. All right. Hey, I know that hey. you're running out of time. I, we got like yeah. 12 minutes until 1230, 230. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about your program. You're starting a new program, January 23rd for, um, I mean, who's your avatar? What, 
what is it that 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 you're you're creating over here? And I know it's limited spaces and all that sort of stuff. And there's no this isn't a fear sale or anything like that when I say that sort of shit. I just know that there's only so much of you to go around. Uh, yeah. And you're creating this amazing program. So talk a little bit about, about that. Okay. So um, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to just talk about this. I um, Well, it's hard to in this, in this day and age. Hard. Everyone's like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, I don't want to sound self-promoting. I don't want to, oh, no, no, no. like we talked about it earlier. Oh, you're trying to run a business. I'm like, fuck, every, we don't need yeah. money, but money helps yeah. us put food on the table. Uh, and also never give something away for free. And I've said this about coaching a thousand times. Right, you need the, the the client needs to commit mind, body, and soul financially. If they can walk away from mind, body, and soul or money, then then they can't commit to it. Then they can't make the change. Most people will take anything that's free, grab it, look at it, throw it in the corner. Right, if they've committed yeah. their own dollars to it, they're going to do their best to earn back from it. So that's the purpose of the dollar amount. And we say this, and a lot of people don't want to fucking promote or push or talk. And people will say, well, why would you help Alicia coach when you're a coach? My message, my, my message behind that is very simple. Alicia and I could be saying the exact same thing. You could hear what I say, not like my voice, not like my tone, not like my face, and move on. Meanwhile, you could also hear Alicia talk about it and be like, fuck, that resonates with me. Even though yeah. it's the exact same exact message. And same I'm not saying thing. that her and I are saying the same message, but I am saying that sometimes you need a different face, you need a different thing. And I'm not here to earn your money as your coach. I'm here first and foremost to be a podcast guy and have a lot of fun doing it and help yeah. anyone that needs help. So if I can't help you, maybe Elisa can. That's why I'm totally open to having anybody come on this show, talk about what they want to talk about and promote the fuck out of them because we live in a world where everybody is so self-absorbed. They don't want to help anybody else out. All I want to do is help everybody. And that's a genuine, that's genuinely felt from you. Like, and, and same with me. Like I, my why, if you will, like why I want, I want to have the, the, okay. The look. We've got her flustered, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the look in people's faces when they figure it out. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine how many ahas people have had on this show alone because we've talked about some very profound things. And, and if you're still here with us listening, then. Damn well better be. Cheryl, what's your take <laughs> on this show right now? Yeah. yeah. If <laughs> then then you are in this momentum you're building something and it's really easy just to take you know a book uh, a podcast episode here a 10 minutes you know a, a 30 second reel on social media and feel like you're changed and healed and shifted but the reality is is that you're not i'm you're, 7 you, years into an amazing journey 21 years, if you want to consider the, 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 the first time I ever dawned on awareness and I'm just getting started every and single day right. is a brand new story. And it's a brand new, beautiful opportunity to fucking maximize what we're doing here. Sorry. Exactly. So where I've worked with people one-on-one, -on -one, I have online courses, I've done all these things and the, your new era mentorship, which is what is starting on January 23rd is all of the teachings, it's intimate, it's we are going all in on ourselves to get to build mindfulness, to literally take the program that is currently in our existence that we learned and we have been validating and staying loyal to forever, whether we're aware of it or not, to really reprogram the mind, to start to become that observer, to start to live in the present moment. And there's like, it's, it's, it's ultimately for people who know that there's more to this life, yeah. who have done all of the things right. 
I I'm really want to work with high performers. I want to work with people that will do whatever it takes, high achievers that have high expectations for their life, that see the gold medal that they could be wearing around their neck, that, you know, and and know that it's possible. They just don't know how to get there. And, and to anyone that is, heard that and said, I'm not a high achiever, that's not what she was <laughs> referring to. Every single person's a high achiever the minute they say, I fucking want more for myself. I want more. That's it. I want more. I, well, I will say this. I am not the type of coach. Like this is the mentorship that's, that's happening. It's for six months. It is intimate. There's group, there's one-on-one, there's online, there's a, there's a retreat. There's a lot of stuff in this and, and it's not for the person that wants to dip their toe in the water. That's for damn sure. So I'm not a toe dipper in the water person. I don't, uh, I don't maybe like this. Hmm. Yeah. I don't try to do things in my life. And this is part of the mindfulness practice and in the whole Yoda do or do not, there is no try. I am a firm believer of that. Like you trying to try to change, to try to do something is to like, what's happening is you're attaching the idea of failure to what you're doing. Like, for example, if you're eating an ice cream, the idea of trying and not succeeding. Of trying. Sure. Try is like, this is, 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 is not a thing. You're not are you trying. Gonna try or are you going to do it? I'm going to do it. When you, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to do it. When you and eat an ice cream, you don't try to eat the ice cream. You eat the fucking ice cream. That's right. If you eat an ice cream and you know, it drips on your arm, are you a failure? Cause the drip fell off and didn't go in your mouth. If you buy a, a you know, a, baby. a giant, um, uh, you know, DQ blizzard and you can't eat it all. Are you a failure? Like, no, you're not. You just didn't do the whole thing. You didn't eat the whole thing and it stops there. So I am not. That's not true. That's not true at all. Because, you know, in in that very analogy, say you bought a tub of DQ. You didn't try to eat it. You ate it on Monday. There was some left. You ate it on Tuesday. There was some left. You ate it on Thursday. There was some left. You ate it on Friday and you finished it. You didn't try to. You You didn't try to. You You did. Exactly. You just did it. That's yeah, exactly so my point. There's you a just saying did that it. I absolutely love, and it's 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 be completely open to how you're going to achieve your goals, but set your goals out, be open to changing the ways you go about them, and be open to the 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 rules and regulations that you put on yourself while achieving your goals. Just be open to it and smash your goals. And smash your goals. So if you're a person out there that knows that there's more to life that isn't feeling fulfilled, you've done all the things, then hit me up because we're gonna uh, like I want to take your hand through this journey and support you so that you can feel safe to be yourself and step into your power. Remember who you are and, and, and have someone to really back you the fuck up when things get hard, because that's what happens. We, we, we face, you know, our resistance. Like I'm going to be like the Tara putting my hand on your shoulder. You're, you're doing it. This is, you have to go through it to know it. So we're not reading books. We're going through the knowledge to, so that you can establish your own knowing and start to really build your self-awareness and your mindfulness practice and uh-huh. achieve anything. Like, I will say this. There is a reason why I was two-time national champion. There's a reason why I you know, won World Cup gold. There's a reason why I took the worst provincial t- program in Canada and made it into the best in the last, in three years, in under three years. There's a reason why when I quit it all and started my own company, became an entrepreneur for the first time in my thirties that I built a six figure business when other people can't. There's a reason behind that. And the reason is I don't see the world in the same way. I don't see, 
I don't do things the same way as everyone else. I don't want to be good. I want to be great. I want to work hard. I want, I don't see things the same way. And I have detached from the program that we have learned. I used to, and that's why I was miserable and in a shitty relationship to an abuser. And I was married and I, and I was, I was, I was 245 pounds. Like I was there and now I am not. So I want to help people move into that space because that's where real freedom is. Your new era is the beginning of your life, your journey towards freedom. And to anyone looking to step into that purpose, they will, they'll reach out to you. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing um, to anyone that's wishy-washy about it. They're not going to. They're not so, going to. And I don't want the wishy-washy. I want yeah. the people ready. And that's yeah. not a knock that the wishy-washy it's will a- eventually figure their shit out. Right. But it's like, if you are wishy-washy, <laughs> you're good, man. If yeah. you're ready, if you fucking know that you're ready, reach out because you would literally have nothing to lose and no, everything to gain. Thank uh, you. That, that's the shit that's really cool. Where where are they reaching out to? What's your website? Um, elisaunfilteredcoaching.com. Uh, and it's right in the like right in your face when you go to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com. There is like a specific URL, but you can read about the program and what it is. And you know, We'll have the URL on those show notes. Amazing. Elisaunfiltercoaching.com. And then follow me on Instagram, Elisa Currylo. It's E-L-I-S-A-K-U-R-Y-L-O-W-I-C-Z. We'll also be in the show notes. Amazing. Um, we've wrapped ourselves right into the 2.30 mark here. So that was a, that was a good show. Uh, That's like four hours, buddy. We uh, we yeah. uh, we just chatted for over four hours. Was I think. it four hours? 10.30? I, I think it was because I think we started at 10.20 or yeah. 10.30. Yeah. 10, 20 yeah. we started. We took a seven minute break in the middle there, but that'll be edited. If you're if the people that are listening, oh, like just just tell me you finished. The, just just DM me. I want to know who yeah. who finished this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious about that too. Well, I mean, I think I see here with this with a show like this. Normally, what happens is you see people put an hour in and then put another yeah, hour and then in. come so back. They'll take this show in and over over like three or four days. For sure. Yeah. yeah that's how I like Joe Rogan my life. Cause I listen to Joe Rogan often. I like, I like the longer podcast because you can get into shit way better. And like, again, like the quick, quick and easy is, is moment of truth. Do you time listen to for this show? it. I n- not, I not really. I've listened to a couple. <laughs> not really. Um, I don't feel bad because I know you as a person and I love your show. I've, I've no, wait, believe, your I've, show. Yes, oh, show. I thought you meant the show called moment of truth. No. Do you listen to this show? Yes, I've, I've listened to many episodes. I'm going to say 10, 15 in the last year, which is kind of a lot for me. <laughs> awesome. The Moment of Truth podcast. I've listened to a couple. There's actually a podcast called The Moment of Truth. That's what I thought you were referring to. <laughs> oh, no, I was referring to, yeah, I was referring to this. Moment of Truth. How much do you listen to this show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you listen to your own show? Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Really? I listen. Yes, because I've had some guests that I've been a little bit nervous to... Um, interview and so you know like when you're nervous you kind of black out do you ever get like that i've never been nervous. <laughs> okay so so that when i get very nervous I, kind of... I said that but yeah like on this podcast yeah. i mean there's people i've been excited to talk to especially back in the beginning like if you listen to episode one through 60 i, I sound like an idiot you know but i think i sound like an idiot too i yeah. don't like i don't listen to old episodes but like uh, I interviewed this guy's name, Zuby. I interviewed him a couple weeks ago and I listened to that episode. It was very good. I've listened to a few because I want to listen to it without be wearing the hat of the interviewer yeah. so I can listen to Am it I as the listener. Am I entertained by this show? Yeah, absolutely. Am I entertained? But also I want to like absorb it in a different way. So I'm a bit mindless. I don't have to be like actively listening as hard. I can just kind of 
and then I have listened to my show a few times. I mean, I'm not in my top five on Spotify, but or top ten, but I have listened to a few shows. I uh, I like the. Um, uh, I'm going to give a nod actually to my audience right now. I did my my Spotify. It's one set of stats. Spotify. Yeah, it's not it's not all encompassing, but they did a year in review for the for the the podcasters. Yeah, and um, there are uh, there are 487 people that have this show as their number one podcast on Spotify. Congratulations. So That's to those, huge. To those 487 that listen to this show as their number one podcast, fucking love you. I love everybody that listens to this show. You guys are all goddamn legends. Um, but, you know, that's a lot of people to have as a number one. And I don't Fantastic. care what the rest of the stats say and all that sort of stuff. I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to learn. I'm happy to listen with you guys. Uh, and if you guys want anything more from me, just hit us up. Info at the mental mastery alliance.com. Hit us up. Topics, whatever. You want to come on the show, request a guest.com. Just come on the show. You want me to come on your show? Again, go to requestaguest.com, fill out the form. Um, and we will, you know, we'll check that all out. Um, and in I will say this too that with regards to this show, this is the first time Elise has been on this show. This is the second time you guys have been exposed to her because we did the swap cast mm-hmm. while I was on her show before. She may swap cast this one, so I may be they this may be on her channel as well. Uh, but this is not the last time she's here. Uh, and I firmly believe that you and I have a potential for a whole other show. A can, show on the horizon. Yeah, that something can happen and 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 help and benefit the people uh, all the way. But uh, I always love talking to you. I always love connecting. And there's never a dull moment. If we just did four hours, geez, and crow, this would then oh be the longest God. show I've ever done. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on me. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the mentalmasteryalliance.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash the Mental Mastery Alliance. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag TMMA or tagging us at the Mental Mastery Alliance. To have your voice heard on the show, leave a voicemail or send a text to 647-338-1265. Long distance charges may apply. If you love us, leave us a review. If you hate us, you spend your time in weird ways. But also, leave a review. Every review on iTunes tickles the algorithm helping us grow. Until next time, unity over division. This concludes the most surreal portion of your day. You got it, Pontiac.